Welcome back to the best book club in the multiverse. This is the latest session of the Geek Explain Book Club, where every single Friday, I, alongside my hard traveling hero, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Green Arrow Rebirth. This week, we are tackling volume five entitled Hard Traveling Hero, written by Benjamin Percy with arts by Juan Ferreira, Stephen Byrne, and Jamal Campbell. With letters by Nate Picos of blah blah. Now, this volume comprises issues 26 through 31, so it is not as uh, girthy as last volume, Ooh. which ended up being a giant sized episode unintentionally. Thank you all for listening to it. It was a blast to record. This week, a little bit smaller, but the story contained within is incredible but of course i am not alone in covering this volume i am joined by the only person who i would trust to send me up into a satellite and then just hope for the best as we come back down it's malcolm russell nelson hey sometimes you got to take a leap of faith if there's anything i learned from the 2016 film assassin's creed <laughs> is that sometimes you need to take a leap of faith the movie specifically <laughs> because whenever i think that all i can hear is uh marion coliard being like <laughs> you know what i will stand by that she was phenomenal casting for that movie it should have just been a yeah, marion coliard movie because she like playing. in real life believes that stuff like, yeah. <laughs> like she's a little wacky in real life. She's a little goofy. <laughs> she in real life was like, no, this is real. Like, this is a documentary we're filming about the Apple. Like, <laughs> this is a documentary. It's not a See, movie. See, that's the kind of talent you need committed to your projects. That's just how it is. <laughs> like, it should have been a Marion Cotillard movie about her yeah. just discovering her ancestry and going into <laughs> an animus. It's a 23andMe movie. <laughs> dressed, <laughs> dressed as an Assassin's Creed movie. <laughs> No, that would have been pretty oh, rad. Man. That would have been pretty good. Listen, and that's nothing against, you know, I think Fastbender's like fine in it. Oh, yeah, he's fine, you but know? he's bog standard. Uh, anybody could have played it. Yeah, Michael K. Williams is good in it for the like three minutes he's in it. <laughs> and you know what? I will say I did like the costume. I liked the costume a lot. Yeah, I thought the I costuming remember, was good. <laughs> I think they released it in one of the games, and I played with that costume for yeah, a that while. Makes sense. That makes sense. But yeah, so we're here, we're talking Volume 5 of Hard Traveling Hero, and we are nearing the end game for Benjamin Percy's time with this book. That's the thing, and it feels like it. It feels like it. Like, it feels, it feels like, like it's, like it's been coming to a head. To yeah. This. yeah. And I think that's fantastic. And you don't really, like, get that a lot with no. modern comics. Like, they just, like, they have peaks and valleys, and it's like a roller coaster. And whenever something else happens, we wrap up something. Oh, there's a bigger threat. But this really feels like it's been the ninth circle all the way through. That's what the threat is. And we are heading towards a big old conclusion. Yeah, it feels like the tallest roller coaster ever, where it's just like one loop. Because, like, you know, last week felt like a midpoint. And so I felt like we yes. were at the top of the roller coaster. And then now we are just decelerating, just going right down. And we're and, heading right towards that you know, loop. We're heading right to, the, yeah, we're heading right to the conclusion here. And it feels good. Feels real good. Feels real good. Um, but we are 
not just going to be covering uh, Green Arrow in this. He's got some friends in this volume that I'm really excited for us to get to. Uh, and some guest artists that we have not seen, specifically one that I'm very excited about, tackle these characters. Um, it's it's a fun volume, and I'm very excited about it. But before it's we get into good that, stuff. is the good stuff. Before we get into that, uh, Malcolm, are you reading anything this week or watching anything this week? Uh, yeah, I guess you could say I've been reading and watching a little bit this week. <laughs> um, uh, I've actually been reading uh, uh, something that was brought up last week, and I was very excited to get it, so I got it on Comixology immediately and started reading it. Uh, Secret Society of Superheroes. Yeah! Uh, which is awesome. It's super I, fun. I ordered it. I haven't cracked into it yet, but I'm very excited. It is super fun. It's a really good time. Um, it's pretty wild. It's a, it's a good time. Uh, so I've been reading that, and I've been watching a lot of Detroiters, which if you haven't watched Detroiters, it rules. Oh, it's so good. Deep pull. It's been it's been so wonderful. Uh, I'm a big I think you should leave person, and this is very much like Detroiters walk. So I think you should leave could run. Um, it's it's wonderful. Hell so yeah. yeah, and then I've been watching all the Hunger Games movies this week too. Oh, great! Uh, Love that. <laughs> listen, listen. I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, uh, the first one, three star movie. I can't believe how bad that movie looks. I think Gary Ross shot that movie like shit. It's it looks crazy. so terrible. How but at the time, everybody looks. was like, oh, this looks amazing. Right. It's crazy. It's crazy <laughs> going back and be like, wow, this actually looks like dog shit. Uh, the second one, literally from frame one, looks incredible. I think I think the second and the third ones are kind of amazing. Like, the second one is objectively the best one, I think. The second. It's funny because I used to think that the third one was the best one. But I think the second one is just a notch better because it's just a masterclass in blockbuster filmmaking. Like just the pacing and everything with it, like it works so well for for blockbuster filmmaking. Plus, uh, it introduced me one... to my my dream Nightwing fan casting, uh, Sam Claflin. Uh, that's interesting. Sam I love. I I think he has that Nightwing energy. That's funny because literally from day one, I was like, oh, he's Aquaman. I mean, he literally plays because he has the trident. Just because he plays it, he has the trident, he has the sideburns, he looks like New 52 Aquaman, because they give him, like, the necklace with, like, the blue beading thing. I'm like, oh, that's New 52 Aquaman. But does he say, my man? Because that's, yeah, like, he integral been a to Aquaman that character. Than that motherfucker. <laughs> He's integral to that character. They they dropped a new trailer for Aquaman the Lost Kingdom. They're killing that baby. They're killing that baby. I don't think they're going to kill that baby. I think they're killing the baby. No, I think they're they going to kill, kill Amber Heard instead. Of, if they don't kill that shitty. baby, if they don't kill that baby, <laughs> zero star movie. Zero stars. If well, they don't kill that baby. give it zero stars. We'll just have to it's, see. Expect to give it zero stars, walk away and be like, wow, I can't believe how good Yaya uh, Abdul-Mateen <laughs> II is. I mixed up the names there for a second. Uh, but everyone else sucks. <laughs> I can't wait for that to be your review. That movie's not real. I can't believe how not real that movie is. Like, okay. If if Madam Web is real, then that movie is real. Whoa. I, whoa, sh whoa. Shout out what to, do you uh, want from me? Shout, <laughs> shout out to Chris and Jess who just had their wedding last weekend. Hey, congratulations. As as we were getting down into the like reception that evening, Chris pulled me aside. He's like, hey, so I have a question. What is Madam Web? 
I saw that Sony is like proudly advertising it on PlayStation. When they you like turn are. on the PlayStation, they're like, Madam Web trailer, watch it now. I'm just like, because oh, they're like, bro. y'all like Spider Man. This is just bro. like that. <laughs> this is just right like now. that. <laughs> I, c- it was incredible. Those of you who don't know, um, Chris was my director on my uh, my recent feature that I, that had a premiere in Hell LA. Yeah. He is a big film head. And for him to be like, what's the deal with Madam Web? He is not immersed in comic book culture. And it was incredible going through that trailer with him. That's so funny. It was amazing. I wouldn't give up That's that conversation the thing. There's for the a world. lot to go through. <laughs> and none of it's There's good. a lot. No. And I, t- I told him what we talked about last week. I'm like, it looks terrible. I'm going to watch it five times. I'm going to watch it so hard with both I eyes. cannot <laughs> wait for that movie to come out. It's going to be so rad. I might, uh, depending on timing, I might do a double feature of Craven and Madam Web. It might fuck, happen. Fuck. What a day that would be. Here's the thing. I would die. I would crack open my head and open myself to the Spider-Verse in <laughs> that, that day. Does Sony secretly figure out the formula? <laughs> by like being make like let's awful make these movies. look like they're 2000 movies like movies that came out in 2002 let's just make them look like that and make it really fun for people like did they figure <laughs> out the formula is that the path i think they veered off of it when they decided to make venom 2 just an episode of spider-man the animated series but bad but Ooh, interesting okay I, that, that movie plays like an episode of the animated series in that it hasn't aged well and like <laughs> that epi- that whole movie is like a 20 minute animated series episode from the 90s that got stretched into an hour 20 and wow. i can't okay. interesting it's it's a bad movie gang we uh, but... i mean i thought the first one was bad we have we have both uh just haven't watched the second one yet you know what watch the second one i am very curious to see what you think i'm like not excited for it but i you know it's fascinating Andy circus you know what good for him good for him directing a movie and it's it's super short i kind of appreciate that it's like 80 minutes long that's gonna be cool it's it is fascinating and like you said one way out one way out one way out but i've also i've been watching a lot of doctor who um, Hell yeah! It is taking over my life once again. It's been years since it's done that. Hell but, yeah! Uh, it's this creeping time, in, baby. much like a symbiote, just taking over and controlling my life. What would happen if the doctor got a symbiote? Uh, we've already seen that. We've seen that multiple times, but uh, what, what if he got one of the Clintar symbiotes? That's what I mean. Like one, one, of, the, one of the Clintar. You know the Clintar. <laughs> I love how much you unironically hate the clintars the, the clintar it makes me so happy every time you bring it's it up because i know ugh. you fucking hate it fucking jerk off there's one good version <laughs> of the symbiosu and it's ultimate universe baby <laughs> 1.5 because we did get agent venom from uh from the 616 so it's like one and a half all one right. and a half good uses all right all right you're right you're right you're right when you're right you're right I love me some Agent Venom. But um, that being said, let's dig into some Green Arrow. Woo! Let's dig into it. What if, happened you know, Green Arrow got a Clintar symbiote? <laughs> a Clintar symbiote. You know the Clintar? You know what makes me really sad is that this whole volume is meant to be Oliver traveling all over the U.S. And he never goes to Massachusetts. <laughs> 
we never see Celtic Green Oliver Queen. They just don't show it, but there's a whole shipping off to Boston episode. <laughs> Where Dropkick Murphy's plays the whole time, and he's just drinking and having fun. <laughs> they don't show it. That's right before he gets to DC. Like, <laughs> he, he he runs into his good friend Ben Affleck, and Ben Affleck's like, every day, I come up and I knock on your door, <laughs> and there's a second where you don't answer, and I think maybe he's left. <laughs> it's the best part of my morning every day. Like here's the thing, Ben Affleck could have been Green Arrow. No, he couldn't have. It's kind of a hot take. No, he, he couldn't have. He could have. No, well, he, he ben couldn't Affleck's have. Looks like real life life. He kind of is an Oliver Queen type. I would love to see Matt Damon as Green Arrow, like a young Matt Damon, mm, like a Goodwill like Hunting identity, born supremacy Matt Damon, like right before Born Identity, like when he's still young, hot shot fresh off of okay. goodwill how hunting. do you like these apples Matt how do you like these because yeah. that 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 whole scene is very oliver queen energy. that's very fucking oliver queen i'll tell you that much how do you like them apples like yeah. i yeah i think it could have happened i think it could have worked and robin williams would have been robert queen oh which makes mini driver uh dinah and that kind of goes a little hard. I don't hate that. <laughs> that kind of goes that a all. little hard. That's dope as hell. <laughs> no, see, and then we get um, Ben Affleck as uh, Tommy Merlin. Oh, interesting. I thought you were going to say Hal Jordan. <laughs> I was like, honestly, all right. <laughs> I mean, we could, sure. but like. Sure. he kind of fits that too. <laughs> but like, we just turned the Goodwill Hunting cat. We did this already. We did this with The Mummy and Superman. We're just turning yeah. <laughs> all of these 90s and early 2000s movies into superhero casts. <laughs> that goes so hard. Um, speaking of hard, Hard Traveling Hero, Volume 5 Whoa. of Green Arrow. Let's start off with our Stephen Byrne art, baby. Start off with that Stephen Byrne art. Uh, a so cover that goes is, so hard that it's been our art for the season. It's been our thumbnail art. And I love it's it so much. It's a hard cover. It's a hard cover. And it worked out great because when we came up with this season being this, I was like, ah, we have this already. Yeah, that was your, uh, I, that was your say that again moment. It's <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> um, but so uh issue 26 kicks off in the cascade range of washington where something is eating the children and by children i mean deer so we see oliver queen fresh off of leaving what is now star city making his way through the wilderness and as Malcolm mentioned, we got Stephen Byrne on art, and I love Whoa. seeing Stephen Byrne in comics. I love Stephen Byrne. He's so love good. Shit. He's it's, so good. It's really fun when you get to see someone who is, you know, who you kind of associate with doing fan art suddenly in a comic book. Yeah. It's incredible. It's, it's interesting how much that's happened in the last, like, yes. eight to ten years. It's kind of wild. Yeah, I love the proliferation of artists kind of being discovered through social media yeah. listen social media is a hellscape and it mm -hmm. the world would be better off without it mm -hmm. however it has been used for good occasionally it gave it's, us jorge fornes gave us jorge fornes <laughs> and i can't ask for a better gift than that Need we <laughs> say more? I mean? <laughs> but so oliver's stopping at a little gas station and he is trying to figure out what the heck is going on in this wilderness because he as he's driving all 
his little motorcycle that he probably stole from Black Canary. Uh, all of a sudden, these fucking what are these elks? Yeah, these elks come rushing by, clearly on Speed Force energy, and it's like, mm-hmm. what the hell is going on here? But. Oliver Queen doesn't have to sit in that mystery too long because you turn the page and Y'all thought we were done. Y'all thought Barry was done? Y'all thought that was it? This is a prelude, motherfucker. Prelude! (laughs) Barry Allen is here, hot on the trail of Black Hole. That's right, this is happening in the first third of this, of the uh, gigantic uh, Flash Rebirth run. Uh Uh-huh. That we covered in the first half of this season. You have to remember, with these books shipping twice a month, this is issue 26. This is also means that it's like issue 26 of The Flash. <laughs> Which it is might be right even after, more like, than that, because I think because I don't think Green Arrow launched the same. Oh, you know what? I think they did as... launch like a month after. Yeah. So, you might be right. So shit, it might be like 28 or something, which is. Oh Jesus! I, don't I mean, at, the, at this point, Iris now knows that Barry is is the Flash. Right. This is right after that Thawne story. Yeah. Where she kills Thawne, and then goes on an eat, pray, love tour around yeah. the world. Yeah. She eats and then she prays and then she loves. So Barry is trying to uh, fill the time and does. Yep. What what any guy in a relationship does when his girl goes on a vacation, he goes and tries to hang else. out with his boys. You know, he goes to make fun of someone else's goatee. Yeah. <laughs> I love the unmitigated hate for the goatee in this one. I don't. No one likes goatees anymore. It's bullshit. It's hilarious. What the fuck? <laughs> but I Let also a man love, live. I love how Ollie is just like, hey, this is fucking weird. Let me help you. And Barry's like, nah, dude, you suck. And he just runs off. Uh, sounds like Barry from the fucking Rebirth run, don't it? Sure does. I do appreciate that. It's pretty fucking dead on. <laughs> Back in Star City, uh, Emmy clearly still hasn't gone to a hairdresser after the events of last volume, which I appreciate. I think she's cleaned it up a little bit. It's just that it's so short now because it's not like super ends. uneven. Lost it, it is, a lot it of is split ends. That's true. But yeah, we right. see that she is at a coffee shop with... Kate Spencer! Manhunter. Manhunter. And I love how just exhausted by everything Kate Spencer is. Like, Emmy is like explaining to her, like, yeah, he's gone, he's left. He's doing a cross country road trip as like a final thing before he's locked up, potentially. And we're trying to build a case. And Kate Spencer's just like, God. <laughs> but you need to get it back here and so we cut to uh emmy and dinah yeah. who have committed to uh trying to do what they can to try and clear ollie's name try and gather some evidence i know we've down. talked about it before but i love dinah's like 
rock star mode that she's always yes. in. I love it. She's just like sitting on top of a building, just like playing strumming guitar. a guitar. That's sick. Sick as fuck. That kind of rules. It's pretty romantic. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. Uh, but they have made a plan. They are going to hunt down the auctioneer because he's got some connections to the Ninth Circle and may have some connections to evidence that might clear Ollie. So they're going to have to once again contend with the underground. Back in the Cascade Range of Washington, Ollie is watching nature take its course, but just really, really quickly. I love that shot of him looking at the eggs hatching and he's out of focus because the eggs yeah. are in focus. That's so good. Like and that, something that one uniquely panel is so Stephen fucking Burton. great. Yes. Yes. He's so good at that kind of stuff. It's really, uh, really cool. God damn. He's such a good artist. He's so talented. So Ollie finds himself outside of a cave that also has a helicopter pad outside of it. So, you know, so it's just a bog weird. standard abandoned cave in the wilderness. Yeah. And so Oliver takes out two of the guards. Um, one of them almost gets the drop on him until Barry shows up. He's like, dude, I told you, you suck. Why are you here? <laughs> and that's when uh, Barry is attacked by a super speed wolf, which is terrifying. Which is crazy. <laughs> him screaming. Like, ah! <laughs> I, I, I like to think it's like that. Uh that outtake from the flash tv show where like they're running and barry turns in, <laughs> which is still one of the funniest outtakes i think i've ever seen in my life it's so good and so he is attacked by this wolf oliver is able to uh is able to take him out mm -hmm. wolf goes running off uh hopefully and Barry and Oliver is like, are you, are you okay? And Barry's like, yeah, I've just never been threatened like that by a wolf. And far in the reaches, across the pond, to Iron Heights Penitentiary, a very specific warden feels the hairs stand on the back of his neck and his ears perk up. He says, ooh, I got chills. <laughs> you can see the goosebumps on my arm. I Look miss him every day. I miss him so much. <laughs> every comic that I read that he's not in, I'm like, this could he use more Warden Wolf? It's automatically a four star. It's automatically a four star <laughs> because he's not in it. Four stars. <laughs> <laughs> you got to take the, the Wolf Star hit. The Wolf <laughs> Oh, my God. That sounds like an anime move. Wolf Star hit? Wolf Star hit! Coming soon to My Hero Academia. You're right. <laughs> You're right. But so Oliver and uh, and Barry exchange notes on each of them trying to track down a specific secret organization. Barry is trying to track down the black hole while Oliver is tracking down the Ninth Circle. And it's okay, interesting. Yeah. Because I, I can't remember what the black hole's logo looks like. But it kind of looks like this from what I remember. That's what I thought. And I was so, like, which makes me think secretly. Did they plan this? Did, yeah, did they plan this out? Did they plan this out? And maybe there was going to be like a greater crossover and it just didn't happen? Maybe. I think that's, that's fascinating. Kind of fucking awesome. That's and it's kind cool of really that, like, cool. Maybe Black Hole is like an offshoot of the Ninth Circle. Yeah. Maybe that it's got like really obsessed division. with the Speed Force. Yeah. And got really, you know deep in bed with 
Raijin, the god of thunder. Oh, <laughs> Y'all remember Raijin? Uh, <laughs> uh, Y'all remember uh, Raijin? Barely, he was only there for three issues. <laughs> <laughs> so they go into the cave and they find that this excavation site that they've been digging up has been tapping into the speed force and it is being over you know looked over by is that heat wave <laughs> no i did a triple take reading this page because i'm like <laughs> is that heat wave no it's the leader of the like monster people from uh from i am legend <laughs> He does it's have an Dash, aversion to fire. It's Dash Mihawk's character from I Am Legend. <laughs> <laughs> and all of his dialogue is just subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Oliver and Barry dive into the fray. They're taking out the scientists. The, uh, the fiery infernal man uh, is able to escape while Oliver is able to shut off the generator that is tapped into the speed force. However, the scientist that they find, because they were, they were basically going to use the energy that they've siphoned from the speed force to turn it into a speed force bomb and blow up Washington, D.C. Because, sure, why not? Why not? No. Which does feel distinctly like a Barry Allen rebirth story. <laughs> yeah sure why not that's why i'm wondering i'm like is this like was this intentional that's yeah. kind of crazy and so they're like all right we gotta go to washington dc i don't know what the hell is going on with this scientist but the 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 speed force now not being there he immediately ages 60 years and dies well because when this i guess when uh i i figured like when the speed force bomb goes off he gets hit with like a little too much of it or something or like because because Barry like drags him away. Yeah, he he's there like when. But it's they turned off the bomb though. He he's there when it starts to overload, and so he gets hit with speed force like right there. Like he's on, he's like lying on mm. the panel. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he gets like knocked out and he's lying on the panel. I didn't so notice because I, I was like, too busy with. I was too busy with fucking uh, Miracle Not and Dolfo waves. Fireman running. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I. That's how I'm gonna see anytime someone's drawn like that. Now it's just the Mirko and Dolfo run. <laughs> just Dolfo running. Noodly legs. Noodly legs and arms. <laughs> uh, so the scientist dies, and they're like, "We gotta go to Washington D.C. Let's fucking go!" And they zoom off. In issue twenty-seven, we get a great cover. Let me tell you, woof. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh each 27 we have made it to washington dc oliver and barry are there and who else you know who else is here artist jamal campbell oh baby good oh Lord. baby you love to see it you love to see it now i believe this was a year or so before far sector and this is a few years before like naomi which is before far sector so this is young campbell the amount that and his art is great here but the amount that his art levels up between this and far sector yeah it's astounding it's, it's crazy it's crazy and, you look and at that guy right superman. now superman and yeah. you look at this and you're like that's two different people 
Yeah. <laughs> and this is still incredible. We're not like dunking yeah, on no. Campbell's art here. This is so It is gorgeous. so freaking good. But so they show up to this not-for-profit, like, anti-war uh, co-op, I guess. And everyone's dead. And there's a very specific uh, graffiti here made with blood. Uh-huh. Which is unfortunate. Uh-huh. And it makes sense why a certain artist wasn't brought on for this arc. Uh, so we see <laughs> um, they're trying to figure out what happened here, but they realize that, hey, Ninth Circle was funding this anti-war thing, and they are, they operate in, what are, what are the events called? Um, shock events. Shock events. That manipulate public perception. And so they killed all these people to create a shock event to try and... Send a message, essentially. Uh, they don't know where to go next from here, though. So Barry uses his super CSI, and he's like, I'm going to go do a bunch of tests. I will meet up with you when I'm done. So he leaves. Cool. We cut to the arms vendor showcase at the Patton Hotel in D.C., where a certain company is having a weapons showcase. Which company might that be? Stark Industries. Uh, worse, LexCore. Oh. Or better, depending on how you look at stonks. Oh. But LexCore is showing off its brand new battle armor. And no, this isn't that one episode of Superman the Animated Series, though it would have been cool if it was. Would have been cool. Uh, we have this general of some kind who is making some very interesting points with this conversation uh -huh. that he has with a senator. And he's like, look, we don't need to be investing in all these weird ways to kill people. Like, we have deterrence. We have bombs. Like, this should be enough. We don't need to be, we don't need to turn warmongering into a creative field. Like, this isn't, this isn't something we need. And the guy's like, what did you just say? And he shoots him up. <laughs> he I, just, I gotta say. I never thought I could uh, uh, side with a military general in a comic movie. Yeah, right. But, wow, this guy is like on it. Like he is, especially one that looks so much like Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah, for real. He's got the stash. Look at all the medals on him. Like <laughs> he's, he's like, I'm just saying, my it. daughter Betty could find someone better. <laughs> Going to be hanging around with that guy Bruce the whole time. These all these things look like they were designed by some nerd named Bruce. What a fucking loser! He's he like, says to no one in particular. <laughs> Secretary's like, who are you talking to? He's like, oh, <laughs> he knows. Oh, I think he knows and winks <laughs> at the camera. He's like, who are you winking at? Who are you winking at? <laughs> <laughs> but so the the guy who's in the in the LexCore armor, kills this general, and then flies up out of there. He says, there will be no peace in America! And he is very quickly shot down by Oliver Queen. Yep. Who, One shot. Yeah. It's, it is incredible. He is very good at what he does. And One so he goes... One negative on Jamal Campbell. One negative. It's the compound bow. 
It's the bow. Ah, uh, well, yeah. Because we already established that he's not using a compound bow. Yeah, and they do it again in this volume. They do it later in the volume. In this volume, and it kills me. Uh, but Oliver's like, he he comes up to the downed, uh, downed. We'll call him an insurgent because we can. And he, he says, "Here's the deal. I stop hurting you when you start talking. I know there's a man under there. Who are you?" And he gets ready to interrogate this man before he is lifted up out of the into the air. And I am jealous. By Wonder Woman. And Jamal Campbell's Wonder Woman, good lord. Is big and tall. And I love it. She that's the one thing that I think needs to be established with any Wonder Woman artist. She needs to be a head taller than everyone else. Yeah. Uh you know who was like the one person who really got that fucking right? Darwin, Darwin Cook. Goddamn Darwin. When she rolls up in New Frontier. The moment in New Frontier where she's kneeling. Superman, and she stands up and she's looking shit. down on him. Holy Oof. shit. That is exactly that's I don't how think, it should be. And I don't think I've ever related to Superman more. Nope. Nope. In a comic book. Nope. Besides that very moment. She should be like Hannah Waddingham height all the time. Yes. God, we really missed the boat on that. It's really okay, she can still be that. Emma Frost, because she's perfect for it. True. She could also be Hippolyta, if she so chooses. That's true. I just wanted to do more. I, I want her to be in everything. I forgot that she's going to be in the next mission whenever that happens, and I'm so she excited. She is? Yeah, yeah, she was cast. Yeah, she's in She's in Mission 8. Oh, my yeah. God. Mission yeah. 8 may be the best movie of the franchise? I was going to say, all right, already? It's, already, it's already, like, on the way to being the best. Like, Anna Waddingham, that Waddingham, Vanessa oh. Kirby, Haley yeah. Atwell. Yeah. My God. Yeah. My God. Yeah. My God. But, yeah, so Diana immediately just, like, taught, just doesn't, like, there's no effort she to it. She flicks him. She flicks it's like a, him. It's like a hand flick. <laughs> And he, she skips him on the water of the Washington Monument. I just noticed that. Yeah. She treats him like a stone and, you know. It's all in the wrist. Then, pre- then proceeds the to wrist. say, you know, it's all in the wrist, buddy. It's all in the wrist. Just one Wonder Woman or man. We don't know. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Listener, I want you to know I went back and rewatched that whole movie and it's so Fox. <laughs> It still drives. I don't care what anyone says. It still drives. It I don't care like what anyone two says. Really good performances. Bum, bum, three, bum, three really good bum, performances. Bum, bum. In the power plant where he's going and he's uh, making the EDM uh, music as he goes from generator yeah. to generator. And then, and then he does itsy bitsy spider through the generators. Yes, yeah. he uh, does yeah. because how it's incredible. No, it's not incredible. Yes, it is. It's it incredible drives. how badly it eats a bowl of farts that like, movie drives so hard and i i can't be i can't be held responsible if you don't know how to drive manual i'm the sorry movie is a d minus at best you wish so best. wonder woman goes to interrogate oliver queen and i kind of love where she's like torturing people is not the way we do things she's like heroes don't torture they don't kill either and from what i've seen now and in the news you're guilty of both. And I'm like, oh, Oliver's dead. Oliver's fucked. There's yep. no way he can fight Wonder Woman. Yep. And it's only through the timely intervention of Gunman that they recognize, oh, wait, we are on the same team. 
And I fucking love the way Jamal Campbell draws her deflecting the bullets. Oh my god, it's so good. Holy shit. It's so good. It is so cool. I think and when you're when you're a Wonder Woman artist, that's your sign of like, what are you gonna do special with it? Yeah. I think 100%. It's stuff like that, or as Daniel Sampier has shown multiple times in this run already, tossing the tiara. Yep. Yep. I'm Holy so stoked. Shit. We're recording this like a day early, so we haven't picked up, uh, or at least I haven't picked up Wonder Woman 3 yet. Yeah, I haven't read 3 yet. I'm very fucking excited. That series. I was going to trade weight. I was going to trade weight this series. You can't. You can't. You can't. It's, it's so good. It, Speaking like, of so good. Uh, so the good. moment that Green Arrow looses that arrow and oh, fucking yeah. Diana says fast says faster than a spinning speeding bullet is the other guy but faster than a speeding arrow that's all me and she hits him and catches the arrow oh yeah baby so fucking cool um the gunman uh uses his uh his secret weapon the solar flare and disappears and all the while they're being looked over by heatwave who is watching the whole thing. <laughs> they never name him, so I'm calling him Heatwave. No, they not. never name him! And so, Oliver and Dinah decide we're going to work together. Meanwhile, beneath Star City, we see the grossest looking orc you've ever seen. I've fought this thing in Shadow of Mordor, I'm pretty sure. Bro, it's a Morden Joe. Oh my it's god, a you're joke right. If he was an underground man. Holy shit, you're so right. Well, that's all it is. And so we see him lording over the new uh captures with the slurms going slam, on. Slam, 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 Ugh, slam, it just slam, it's unsettling. Slam, slam. Yeah. It's unsettling is what it I is. I love how creepy they made them. They're <laughs> really creepy. It's just it, the worst. Ugh. It is amazing. And so we see two new, uh, or at least one new capture being brought in by a cloaked figure. And this is giving very Return of the Jedi. I was going to say, bro, they Star Wars. They Star Wars at 100% right down to the underground Jabba. (laughs) You're right. They they 100% did that. And so they're like, all right, let's do that. I love to that they're like, all right, 15 years old, she'll do She'll go for a good price. And the fucking Jabba goes, we pay in Lex coins. And Dinah's like, oh, fuck this. And she throws off the cloak. <laughs> she says, crypto's dead. <laughs> Just, and I love how Jamal Campbell draws the canary cry. Uh, yes, because fuck, you can so see cool. the decibels that it's at. Yeah, it's so a waveform. The cry are a waveform, and you can see it, like, spiking up and down. And oh, that's it's so, so cool. cool. That's so cool. And the the captured teen, the 15-year-old, is, in fact, Emmy, and the two of them go to town, taking out the underground man and rescuing all of the captives that were held within. She stole his iPad. Stole his iPad, too. That's going to be an important point for later. That's a so tool that we'll way, save for later. <laughs> that uh-huh. way he can't do coke off that iPad. <laughs> you know he was going to. Because, I mean, if you're in a Green Arrow book and you have an iPad, there's only one thing you do. There's only one thing you do with that iPad. Am I right, Arsenal? 
Fuck. Uh, We turn the page. We cut back to Washington, D.C., where Diana is interrogating Oliver the way that she knows how. Wrapping him up in the lasso of truth and having him confess. I love that his balloons while he's under the influence are yellow. Yeah. I think that's really sick great great choice uh and i'm i'm not certain of who's coloring this issue i should look but the color on the lasso is unbelievable it's tremendous um, i think they do such a jamal, great jamal campbell film. also colors okay makes sense uh fucking incredible incredible job yeah 10 out of 10 no notes totally agree honestly 11 out of 10 Fuck and up. so once diana has collected that oliver is innocent and that he is here to help the two of them decide to team up uh, we cut to a press conference from the same senator that was at the uh, weapons demonstration. Mm-hmm. And she's like, this sucks. People are dumb. Whatever. And then we cut to the Washington Monument where Gunman is launching a rocket right at the senator. And Diana goes to intercept. Oliver gets ready to do the same. Diana catches this fucking rocket. And tosses it away in like one swift mode. It's cool. It's so fucking cool. It's just cool. I want Jamal Campbell now on a Wonder Woman book. God, I hope Wonder Woman shows up in Superman. Oh God, can you imagine? That would fucking rule. I hope oh he does the God. Trinity in Superman. Like I hope, I hope they all show up. That'd be really nice. Don't God, that Superman out. book's just the best looking book. It's, it's so good. He's gonna get a fucking Eisner next year for that book. Has to. Has to. He's, he for has what he's to. doing. There's no way he doesn't. Like, it's the best-looking book. It's so impressive. And so we see incoming for that senator. The uh, the assailant is heading right towards uh, the senator. Oliver uses his little uh, grapnel arrow, swings in, rescues her just as Wonder Woman takes out Mr. Gunman. Gunman. Robocop. Uh, <laughs> I fucking love the kinetic energy in this scene like mm-hmm. it is so cool watching the sequential art of him jumping off the roof swinging in god it's gorgeous it is gorgeous and so uh wonder woman has taken out the the assassin and oliver gets to do what he does best grandstand in but front of in reporters the, in the but press in the best conference way. he says let me see here. Uh, you got to start from the beginning because he starts it when he's swinging in. Yeah, you're right. All right. He says, you know what the worst part of this is? There is no happy ending. That kind of superhero story doesn't exist anymore. Even as we save people, even as we beat the bad guy, we don't win. Liberals have died. Conservatives have died. Americans have died. Everyone is afraid. And when you're afraid, you lash out. And so the march to war continues. That's how the men behind the men work, which is how this place works. Talking about Washington, D.C. Yikes. 35 billionaires now live within a 25-mile 20 mile radius of Washington. And there are over 2,000 D.C. residents worth 30 mil or more. Guess why? And I love Diana seeing, wow, right behind him as he is just in his element fucking cool he says there is no truth there's only propaganda there is no honor there's only profit this country shouldn't be treated like a fortress or a business it's supposed to be a damn icon a beacon of hope a hero among nations 
some Captain America what? shit, man. Yeah. He's on his Captain America shit. And I love it. That's exactly how Oliver Queen should be. Absolutely. 100%. He should be Sam Wilson, Captain America. Yep. Like that's, that's the only superpower I Sam have Wilson. is believing that we can do better. Yes. Oh, <laughs> fucking rules. Fucking rules. This is why so this, I love this character. Like so it's good. shit like this. And we don't get enough of it. Especially when era. he's written well. Yeah. And Ben Percy, we, you know, well. we've, we've been toasting you this whole run, but really Ben Percy, thank you for bringing back my fucking Oliver Queen. Give it up. Give it up this for ben, Benjamin Percy. Just incredible shit. So ben, if you good. want to come on the podcast, Benjamin, I'd love to fucking talk to you. We would love Green to Arrow, fucking bro. talk with you about Green Arrow. We, we love it, man. Please come on. Let's jam, dude. Let's jam. <laughs> Three, two, one. Let's jam. Let's jam. Fuck. Go so hard. Um <laughs> Speaking of going hard, the senator hops into her car and finds that it's being driven by Heatwave, who roasts her. He roasts her. Wait a second. Um, okay, wait. If if this all was actually supposed to maybe be a bigger plan, we'll have to ask Percy about this. Because if this was supposed to be a bigger plan, do you think this actually was going to be Heatwave? Probably. What if it was? That that's fucking interesting. I'm telling you. That's, that's fucking interesting, actually. I think it's super interesting. And having the rogues then have to maybe break the programming of Heatwave. That's remember, kind of at this point, really interesting. At this point, I believe we haven't gotten a Heatwave story, or if we have, it's the story where he's dealing with like all of the fucked up mind. No, this is before because it's before the forces stuff. It's before so the forces like, stuff, but they but they did have their like one. We did have the big rogue story where they had their like one last job. Yeah, uh, but you see him that's like, like it. imagine him getting picked up after this. Yeah, and being like, "You've got a purpose now." Being brought you got a purpose into larger than black yourself. hole and crossing over with them. drinking yeah. the Kool Aid, like, and then he gets the Sage Force, like. I'm that's kind of fucked. That's kind of interesting. This is Heatwave. So we see <laughs> we see uh, Diana rip off the face mask of uh, Budget Iron Man over here. Yeah. And he is also burned. He's one of the burned. The minions of the Ninth Circle. And, of course, this battle armor was produced by LexCore. And, again, da, da, da. This, this bottom panel of her being uh, a head taller than uh, queen look at her arms her arms are bigger than his head <laughs> seriously holy oh shit. my god it rules so the two of them have that classic uh x-men street fighter handshake which i love yeah. and she's like you gotta head off you gotta you gotta head to the next spot and so green arrow makes his way to metropolis says the ninth circle is a financial powerhouse that caters to the one percent of super criminals i have no doubt that they're doing business with the fattest cat of them all he called someone a fat cat yes this, this is, is officially a green arrow com comic yeah but this page too is just it's chef's perfect. kiss it's perfect him rolling up to literally the DC equivalent of everything he stands against. Yes. Yes. His dark reflection. Yes. 
Which brings us to chapter 29 and the return of the boy. This this issue actually made me sad. We're going to talk about it, but this one yes, actually made me gonna... a little sad. And I feel like you know why. <laughs> I know exactly why. Um, so we see Lex Luthor standing in his ivory tower and you hear... I'm an outlaw, I'm an outlaw. Quick on the draw. Something you never see before. Like, tell me that's not what the scene is. Like, look that's at him. That's exactly what's happening. You're right. He's like, Superman? <laughs> Clark Kent? The reporter from the Daily Planet? <laughs> the mild-mannered reporter from the Daily Planet? Daily Planet? <laughs> Uh, Superman punches out his knees and he's like (laughs) incredible Michael Clark Duncan live forever Michael Clark Duncan what a fucking legend I might watch Daredevil today (laughs) yeah we we had Amazing Spider-Man 2 last week we're watching Daredevil today because that movie's so good (laughs) director's cut Daredevil we have to specify Yeah, Um, I mean both versions are good but the director's cut is infinite yes uh, we miss you every day, Michael Clark Duncan. We but we see, do. we see Lex Luthor, and you know what's great about Juan Ferreira? He Everything. remembers that Lex is a fucking redhead, and he draws him with Those the red redhead eyebrows. eyebrows. Oh I yeah! Fucking love this. This is oh, this is something yeah. that we never see. Nope. And I love it. It's the it's like an immediate indication that like oh yeah this guy used to have hair. I don't know why, but it's like, <laughs> like that's the reminder. Just imagine him with, I don't know, like a like a carrot top hair. You know? Just <laughs> Specifically, imagine him with carrot top. With Specifically, carrot imagine him with carrot top. Yeah. Carrot top. yeah. Uh, so we see Oliver did not stand on any ceremony. He just went up his green arrow straight to the office. He literally just rolled up his GA. That's so sick. <laughs> he takes out all of the guards, and we get. A little panel oh, God, of everyone's favorite little guy. One Ferreira. <laughs> everyone's favorite little big guy. And again, this is not exactly, but paralleling the beginning of the Rise of Star City yeah. arc from last week where we had an A plot and a B plot. And the yeah. B plot takes up the bottom... Uh, We'll, we'll be generous and say the bottom quarter of the page. While Oliver is like going at Lex and the two of them are having a tete-a-tete while Ollie is shooting arrows at him, we see this little mild-mannered reporter just walking through the day-to-day, noticing things. This sequential panel of him stopping this guy from shanking this lady, incredible. Incredible. Absolutely Incredible. This is I, fucking filmmakers take note. Yep. This is that shit I want to see. This is your teaser. This is your fucking teaser trailer. And if it's not, it's a zero out of ten. Let's derail this for a second. Nicholas Holt is Lex Luthor. (sighs) Okay. 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 Good pick. I think it's fucking incredible. And I'm going to tell you why. I think that rules. This man was also almost Batman. This man was almost Superman. Mm-hmm. How pissed off do you think Nicholas Holt is by now? Mm-hmm. That's the Lex energy we need. 
This guy who's mm-hmm. like, I could have been fucking that. I could have been fucking that. I could have been the superhero. Yeah. And I am better mm-hmm. than you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to fucking show you. And you know what? I can't wait to see him shave his fucking head. I'll, I can't that's wait what I to see say. bald say, Nicholas you know Holt. I think he's going to look good bald. I'm going to be I honest. I think he's going to look great bald. I think he's a really good pick. Have uh, you, You've seen the menu, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, he's fucking wonderful in the menu. That fucking energy. <laughs> that fucking energy is Lex Luthor. Can you imagine? And bring oh in Ray God. Fiennes as uh, as Alexander Luthor. Fuck, that'd be wonderful. That would be incredible. The menu is so good. It's a great fucking movie. It's kind of insanely fun. Like... Y'all do a double feature. Daredevil, the director's cut, and then the menu. <laughs> and then the menu. <laughs> that's, your director, that's your double feature of the week. What a twisted day that would be. What a twisted um, day. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really like the choice of Nicholas Holt. Uh... Also, uh, I mean, we're recording this the day after it was announced officially, but really down for that choice of what's his name is Jimmy Olsen. Uh, I love Skylar what's Gizondo. his name. Uh, Skylar Gizondo or something. Yeah, sure. He's, I believe you. He's, he's good. Uh, I've never he's seen him pick. in anything, but I've seen the one picture that everyone shares around him. And I'm like, yeah, that's Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> Have you watched uh, Santa Clarita Diet? No. Oh, first I've, off, I've heard good I, think you'll, I think you'll find it really charming. It's super fun. Yeah. Uh, he's He is absolutely Jimmy Olsen in that. Incredible. He's the Jimmy Olsen and Timmy Ol- Timothy Oliphant's uh, Clark Kent. <laughs> and that's kind of exactly how that is played out in that Ooh, show. And it's wonderful. I'm it's, very it's excited. It's super fun. Um, His cast so yeah, is shaping up. Yeah. Uh, authority. I, just use the fucking elite. Anyway. Anyway. I think I don't they're going to. I think they're going to. I think they're going to mix and match. No, don't make the authority match. the elite. That's stupid. Just use the fucking elite. I agree. <laughs> I'm with you. But they that. are. <laughs> like... But what if they use the authority to be a stepping stone to the elite? Like, what if the authority is used, they're wiped out, and then the elite rises from their example? So then the elite is going to be the authority in the authority movie? No. Maybe. Who knows? No, that won't be a thing. They're just going to introduce the authority here so they can have another authority. There's too much being introduced in my Superman movie. Let it be a fucking Superman movie. That's the thing with it being the elite. If it's the elite, it's going to be a Superman, Superman movie, Superman though. Movie. James Gunn out of everybody. Of James movie. Gunn out of everybody knows how to introduce a bunch of fucking characters while also having an emotional core of a solid, like, main cast. If anybody can handle that, he can. You know how much fucking character, how many fucking characters were introduced in Guardians? How many fucking characters were introduced in The Suicide Squad? He can do it. I know you fucking hate James Gunn, but he can do it. I know you fucking hate him, but we can do it. It's going to happen. Either way, Nicholas Holt, incredible Lex Luthor. Nicholas Holt is such a good choice. What a great fucking pick. Great pick. Uh, so we see that Lex is just assuming that Green Arrow wants his money. And I love how he Sherlock Holmes him. Oh my God, he legit Sherlock Holmes him. It's so sick. Like specifically BBC Sherlock's him. And I think that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but we see this mild-mannered reporter buying a little croissant. He looks a like croissant. It's a little croissant. Croissant. Uh, and we cut to Lex Pharma, where we see uh, some people looking at some news and it being real bad. This page is so upsetting. It <laughs> this is. guy who's like, what are you guys talking about? And loses the phone and then sees it and then fucking immediately throws runs himself to the out window, the window and throws himself out. Upsetting. 
Very cinematic sequence. <laughs> and then we get this scene. Holy shit. Listeners, not next... gross, but my dick is in my hand right now. <laughs> like, this is my the shit. The next three pages are oh. so quintessentially Superman that I don't even know why Juan Ferreira hasn't been tapped for a Superman book. Oh my god, you're right. You're so, right. This man is falling to his death and Superman fucking catches him. And he says, I don't know why you're suffering or what you think you've done, but every life is redeemable. Uh, that's the game, gang. That's literally the thesis statement on that character. That's literally it. right there. That's it. You're done. So he catches him. Home. He sets him down and he's like, all right, happy to, uh, happy to help. And then the hot dog cart guy goes, uh, soups. And he looks up and a this dozen is, people yeah, have also thrown themselves out. And then we get one of my favorite Superman pages of all time. Uh, yes. I did not think yes. he was going to be in a Green Arrow book, but here we are. It's one of the best Superman pages ever. We it's see so Superman launch himself into the sky and pull the Iron Man 3 plane rescue. Mm -hmm. But in a lot sh shorter amount of time and with a lot less air between the falling people on the ground yeah not a lot of barrel monkeys here he just goes and gets everybody individually and he saves them all yeah that's fucking superman can i say that top panel of that page oh my iconic is one of the best superman images i think i've actually ever seen iconic not I hyperbole this. i think that's one of the top 10 superman images i've ever seen this entire page is right up there like, with some of the best Superman pages ever. And not holy shit. the least because it has my favorite modern Superman costume. It's funny because I was going to say the only downside is he doesn't have the briefs. <laughs> but I at least he is fine. in this costume. I He's love in the this reborn costume. costume. And I fucking I, love it so much, dude. Uh, but he's not because he has the red boots. No, he's in the, that's the remember. that's the reborn, not the rebirth. Rebirth and reborn are two different ones. Wait, didn't he get the briefs in the reborn costume? No. Oh, so the rebirth costume is, is the blue. Yes, Action right. One Thousand brought the briefs back. This is that's the reborn right. costume between, which I personally think is the best of both worlds. It is. It is. Yeah. It's. It's. It's fantastic. You get the you get the red belt with the yellow i with the yellow mm -hmm. symbol at the middle. I think it's perfect. I mean, I it's, it's the, the one the perfect... that they cribbed for the show. Yeah. Which, if you're going to crib... Which, if you're going to crib, that's the way to do it. Do it this one. I fuck it. This top panel, I need as, like, a fucking poster. God, I want that on a shirt so bad because it goes so hard. It goes so hard. I it mean, the fact incredible. that you see the space in the cape from, like, right behind his neck. Yep. You see the space through, and it goes right down through to the street. Like, that's... It's fucking and, Superman. And the usage <laughs> of the background showing the speed showing of the him speed? lifting off. Oh everything's a blur. God. You hear the, you almost hear the boom of him take off. Oh, like, the like goosebumps. You can almost hear it just oh. in the image. And that's incredible. And all the city ambiance behind him kind of falling away as he focuses only on catching Fuck. these people. Oh my God! Juan it's so Ferreira good. Juan is such a cinematic artist. Like I, I need, I need Juan Ferrer on everything. I'm very surprised he hasn't been grabbed to do like storyboards. 
Yeah, like, I'm sure I'm, he has. We're very fortunate I'm sure that he, he does has. comics because he's a perfect storyboard artist. Like, hey, James, James, Jimmy, Jimbo, James Gunn. No, no, don't steal him. No, no. You, <laughs> no. I just, just, just on Superman Legacy. No. Have him do the storyboards. No, no, no. I know you fucking hate him. Stop it. No, no. I just don't want him to be gone from comics. I want him to do comics forever. Storyboard he, he artist pays way more. He still can. <laughs> For less work. He can. <laughs> He still can. He can do it all because he oh. is Juan Ferreira. He is the Mac. He's just he the is the Alpha and the Omega. He is. He is Juan Ferreira. He's the moment. God damn. And meanwhile, back up in the uh, the penthouse, we see Lex has no idea this is happening, which I think is incredible. Yep. And the these next, uh, let's say, four pages as a follow-up to the three pages we just got incredible they're in lex's uh little penthouse suite area which has nothing on the floor except for his power suit i love that i think it's hysterical my man's watched dark knight and was like oh yo let's do just that has just the one thing in his underground bunker i'm gonna do it above ground and have the same thing (laughs) and again one of the hardest Lex Luthor designs as his power armor. I have the action figure. It is gorgeous. It's my, it's my favorite Lex. This this era is my favorite Lex. Which is Fresh fascinating out of the to Justice me. Justice League Lex. Yes. Like, Trying to be Superman Lex is yeah. incredible. A Lex Luthor who realizes, like, listen, this entire time I've been mad because he's what I could be and he's what I want people to think I am. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's that thesis statement in All-Star Superman. It's like, if he yeah. really cared so much, you would have done this years ago. You would have done this years ago. And so exactly. now he's trying. I love that Fuck, so I love Lex much. in this era. Lex Luthor from Forever Evil up to... Scott Snyder's... Scott Snyder's Justice League. Immediately ruins years of work on that character. <laughs> fucking immediately. It is insane to me. But thankfully... God damn it. Williamson oh. is doing the Lord's work to bring him back. Thank God, <laughs> but all the but all the previous stuff has been forgotten at this point. Which yeah, sucks. that's true. It's they treat it like this is the first time that he's going good, and I'm like, that that yeah. sucks, man. Yeah, he was on the fucking Justice League. He was on yeah. the league, Eric. <laughs> he saved the world a couple he times. He saved the world. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Ah! This is my uh, favorite era of Lex, and that suit goes so hard. It's, it's the so coolest hard. design. So Lex and uh, Ollie are having this conversation while we're getting a montage of these people being affected by the same whatever they're seeing on their phones and throwing mm-hmm. themselves into traffic, setting up um, nooses, getting weapons. And interestingly as well, all of these iPads and phones have the symbol of the ninth circle. Uh-huh. I was going to say the black hole. Oopsie. Whoops. <laughs> Whoopsie. Weird that. Coincidence. But then we I get this double page spread of while this conversation is happening, Superman is fucking saving all these people. He's the greatest. He's the he's the goat. The goat. <laughs> I fucking love it so much. Real quick sidebar, did you see the newest video of that guy? No, is there a new one? Uh <laughs> it's really funny 
this incredible. dude called his show like his sports show and was asking him about like you know like oh you're always commending like this person and this person um you know but what about what about lightning mcqueen like what about Lightning <laughs> McQueen? he won seven twisting cups and and the guy's just like the the commentator's just like, no. What about this guy? This guy also won seven piston cups. Don't see you didn't expect me to know about cars, did you? You didn't expect me to know about the anime movie cars. You're talking about cars, right? Like, it fucking dresses this dude down. It's incredible. It's so funny. It's so funny. Yeah, I fuck. It's so fucking good, dude. I. Juan Ferreira on Superman. I if that Superman book was Jamal Campbell and Juan Ferreira alternating artists, that's literally an unstoppable juggernaut of a book. There's no telling what the world would be like, what they could accomplish. Nope. I think. Oh my god, it's too powerful. It is too genuinely powerful. too powerful. So, which is why, unfortunately. It may never happen. Mm-hmm. It makes me sad. But so we see, again, this incredible sequence of Superman saving everybody while Lex finds out what the hell is happening. And it is upsetting to Lex because not only is he losing people, his stock is going down. It's going way down. Oh, yeah. And... I, fuck, I, I love, I love how Juan Ferreira draws Superman. Yeah, like he has he the is body like right. Yep, he's got everything. Look at that curve mm-hmm. on that page with the Daily Planet. The curve of his body, like, is so perfect. It's Superman. It's that absolutely it is. That is Superman. It's Superman. period. God, I love it so much. You can tell um, that he loves Christopher Reeve Superman because that's kind of how he draws him. That is absolutely true. That is absolutely true. Um, but we also see that uh, involved in all of this and overlooking the whole scene is Heatwave, where we cut back to Chinatown, Star City. And one, Eddie Fife. Or Henry Fife, sorry, who is yeah. I get the Eddie Eddie on the brain from last week. Uh, but <laughs> different short king, different short king. Very good, but different short king. Um, we see him coming into his uh, his nana's place, the new place that he bought for her. And finding mm-hmm. that uh, Emmy and Black Canary are there. And they're like, we need to fucking talk, my guy. And I just, I there's something about it that I just love. I love how he is never excited to see any of them. Nope. It he knows that he's about so to have his day ruined. Yes. <laughs> it is. It's one of those beautiful things that you love to see in recurring characters. Yeah. he's He's like... Mission Impossible 3 Benji. Oh my god, he is. Before Benji gets like really tight with Ethan. Yes. Like he's he's like, oh like I just like I know this guy from work and he keeps asking me for these things and I don't want to help him because I'm gonna get in trouble. Like <laughs> he's he's Mission Impossible 3 Benji. Before he's Benji the absolute worst, interest. and I hate him. 
I hate his guts. Yeah. He's like, but he's kind of cool. And like, I'm glad that he's my friend, but like, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> I am also just obsessed and I can't help it. <laughs> I really just can't help it. I'm just pulled into his orbit and I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> and so Dinah is there because she, as we said earlier, got the, uh, got the iPad and needs Henry to crack it. Mm-hmm. So we cut back to Metropolis where Lex all of a sudden notices people dropping out of his own building. He says, oh my God, wait a second. This is affecting me now. <laughs> and we get one of the coolest fucking sequences. Ollie, Ollie pulling oh. Spider-Man shit. Fucking Oliver lines up the shot as they're falling, looses an arrow, breaks through the glass, goes through each and every one of the four people or the three people who are dropping's clothes or the two people who's dropping's clothes hits on the other side tensile strength they're hung up he jumps out of the window just in time to catch another person swings them over to the roof superman grabs the other two i fucking love this i love this lady too of course he does this is, Oliver's this still got priorities. My swashbuckling guy. Like, he's just my guy. He's just my guy, dude. Like he's he's very Mark Wade's Daredevil coded in that way. He is very Mark Wade's Daredevil coded. <laughs> Weird. Uh, You're so... right. Oh, those two guys would get along really well. So well. Really well. And so they leap off the building to go save more people. Meanwhile, Lex is set to stop this virus it is it is basically a mass send out to employees of lexcor and it's revealed that it's exposing all their secrets affairs lawsuits hush money everything and that's why people are trying to end their lives lex sits down does the whole like loosens his tie and starts going clack 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 i'm in clack 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 and i love the the care and attention that's taken here because Lex establishes early on in the conversation with, uh, with GA that if you're worried about Superman hearing you don't be like the entire building yeah. uncompromised is able to tune out uh, Superman. But once the arrow breaks through the window, he's now communicating with Superman. Yeah. Saying, Superman, if you can hear me, the Emerald Idiot was right. The virus is sourced out of Queen Industries. Because he knows how his building works. And he knows uh-huh. the, the his goose is cooked when it comes to blocking out Superman. So he might as well utilize it as communication. Uh-huh. It's fucking incredible. Attention to detail. Makes Attention to detail. Both Percy and Ferreira, masterful duo. We Killing. need them back together ASAP. They're a great duo. And so Lex basically uh, reverse engineers the virus that's sending all this information out and turns it into to Ape, a very specific podcast, words of affirmation, sending love <laughs> and hope out to everyone in Metropolis. Mm-hmm. And this is this is very much it's it's a little hokey, which it should be, but, but it it's should very, be. But it's very we hear the sound of singing. As the who's and down in Whoville continue their joy. 
and that smile from from superman he's just like it's spreading and we see everyone smiling they're having a great day god it just it makes you feel good just makes Uh, you feel good god damn it's so great for whatever reason i'm hearing like this is where we come from by lecrae from miles morales hell yeah song hell yeah like it that's just the ultimate for me it's like the ultimate feel good song it's just like everything's gonna be all right like this is we're good uh in the aftermath we see LexCore stock has exploded back up as lex is heralded as the savior of all these lives of course and superman and green arrow even though they're very antagonistic when they first uh ran into each other in this uh in this arc see each other maybe for the first time and i love Love shit like this i love shit like this it's perfect and speaking of the savior of metropolis lex luthor touches down in his power suit oh god i miss this so much this is why it made me sad. I miss this guy. I know. He looks Look so good, too. He looks so good. And he says, you know, sometimes I stand in my office and take in the view and observe the specks of people far below. Mere specks. They all seem so insignificant from my vantage. Now I know how vulnerable they make me. You helped give me a new perspective, Arrow, and for that... I want to thank you by offering some intelligence. And he gives him because he is one of the smartest people in the world and there is no amount of information that he cannot get his hands on. Info on the Ninth Circle. And we find out throughout this arc that Ninth Circle did approach Lex, but he rebuffed them because they were small time. He big leaked them. Mm-hmm. And so he gave, he gives him the information on what the Ninth Circle is up to and gives him a direction and points him right at Gotham City. Fucking love this. I love it's it. It's so good. And so this brings us to uh, issue 30, I believe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, 29, 29, 29, because it's hard traveling Uh hero part four. Uh Um, I also we haven't mentioned it yet, but the hard traveling hero uh, title card goes incredibly hard. It's so good. It's like a uh, it's like a traffic sign on the highway where it tells you what the street is. And like every single one of those, uh, one of those signs on the freeway, it's got graffiti (laughs) on it. Yeah, I love hero being graffitied on. I think yeah. that's so fun. And they're using the interstate symbol to tell you mm-hmm. what, you know, which part you're in. Yeah, uh, amazing design work there. So we get to uh, part four of Hard Traveling Hero as Oliver heads to Gotham City. And Juan Ferreira needs to draw more Gotham City. Yeah, he draws the fuck out of Batman and his Good universe, lord. Man. The first shot we get of Batman is in the blood pool of this Ugh, person who so has been killed. Sick. So fucking cool. Plus, is in, you know, the best Batman suit. So. The best Batman costume. <laughs> so, you know. Meanwhile, at an underground uh, high roller club, we see fucking Oliver Queen stepping out of the shadows. He is having his Casino Royale moment. Mm-hmm. 
But I just fucking love the purple. The yeah, purple. I mean, Batman needs that purple. He needs the purple. He needs the purple. Why, oh, why did they decide to add the Batman costume into Arkham Knight, but we still do not have the Rebirth costume? I know, right? Tell me that. Tell me the reason why. Crazy. There is no reason. There's no reason. There's no justice. (sighs) No justice, no peace. And mm-hmm. so we see uh, Batman dive into the sewer. And I fucking love we see a little Juan Ferreira cameo where he's chained to this uh, artist board. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's so funny. As Batman heads into the sewer. Oh, my God. He keeps doing this. And now I'm wondering if that was Juan Ferreira last time we saw him, too, chained up in a room. That's so funny. That's hysterical. And that's a very Daniel Warren Johnson thing to do, too. That which is, I kind Daniel of fucking Warren love Johnson does that himself. All yeah. the time. But we see that, of course, connected to the Ninth Circle, it's the Court of Owls. Of course. Makes all the sense in the world. Yep. Uh, but we see that they're having their own little, uh, speaking of the menu, they're like, all right, we set out people in this maze. Hunt them. And these talons are set out in this maze to chase these people down that they've captured, but one talon sticks behind. And he wallops the old Court of Owls member with a di- with a giant douche. Again. The douche is him. The douche. It's a signature move, the douche. It, that tells you who this actually is. Because the <laughs> There's only one pulls, person who douches somebody. And I love he he does the the Batman thing where he pulls the Superman face off and it's the Batman <laughs> cowl. He pulls off the talon mask and it's him under the hood, literally. Yeah. Hysterical. I love it. I love it. So we see the talons chasing after these uh these innocent victims while Oliver is going to get some information from this Court of Owls member. And I love the duality of these two full-page spreads. I I love them! He oh, says, man. Did you know that cuckoos lay their eggs in other birds' nests? They're called brood parasites. The mother doesn't know any better. The hatchlings don't know any better. And then, once the cuckoo hatches, it destroys all the other birds in the nest. This is going to be a little like that. I'm here to hunt. As he pulls off the talent costume to reveal the Green Arrow costume beneath. And at the same time, Batman arrives, deflecting a Talon dagger. And he is fucking here! I love this Rebirth costume. I love this Rebirth costume. It's the best costume. It rocks. And so Batman uh, rescues uh, the hostage, gets away from the Talons. Uh, just as Green Arrow uh, gets involved as well. Uh, And they go about rescuing these people from the maze. And I love the way that Juan Ferreira draws this. Uh We keep saying it for a reason. This two-page spread where they show off 
the sewer the entire pay double page spread is the sewer and there's two connecting areas that are shown to be essentially cliffs that show the differing perspectives of each character uh-huh it's masterful comic booking it's incredible it's incredible he's such it a storyteller mind-boggling how good he is yeah and immediately green arrow and batman start throwing hands yeah because they do not like each other no at all to be fair that's ollie a little bit on the offensive a little bit on the offensive to be fair and batman not really good at de-escalating situations no that's not really his strong suit however they are uh interrupted by a hostage who is being held by heatwave who immediately just barfs projectile vomits fire at them i love that again instinctually wow. batman covers green arrow throwing up the cape to block the fire yeah and then the two of them go to work taking this guy out green arrow uses an arrow to loose a pipe that washes away heat wave down in further into the sewer batman is able to rescue uh green arrow after he dives in to grab the kid and then we cut to later standing on the rooftops of gotham it's so good and they get into it that they're like look we're never going to agree just how it is but that doesn't mean we can't still be on the same team and they realize like batman says haven't you wondered how the ninth circle has been able to manipulate so many people in business in government in crime they've been collecting vulnerable information and weaponizing it and Green Arrow realizes they're spying on us. An eye in the sky. And I think it's hilarious that Batman is the one that brings this up, considering uh-huh. his history. Dr. Brother Eye over here. <laughs> I can say it. <laughs> yes. And so he's like, you need help and a friend. Your cross-country quest just went orbital. I fucking love that line. I do truly love that line. This, I mean, uh, I think that Ben Percy writes very specifically a uh, Bruce Greenwood Batman. Yes, 100%. Oh, my God. (laughs) Cross-country quest just went orbital. Like, you could hear Uh, hear the Greenwood in that. Yes. Greenwood's my favorite Batman. Oh, it's so good. He He's says, so it's time to take a cue from Gotham and put out a signal when you need help. As Sick. a little signal transponder shows a very specific symbol. We cut back to Star City. Uh, Henry has a- been able to crack the, uh, the tablet. And they realize there has been a missing member in all of this. A missing party that could crack this case wide open. And not only bring about the uh the knowledge of the corruption that has permeated star city into the light but could also exonerate oliver queen of the death of wendy pool and that's wendy pool herself she is alive and she is being held by the auctioneer so emiko and dinah prepare to head into the underground to rescue Wendy Poole because she is the key to clearing Oliver's name. So as they go underground, Oliver gets set 
to head into the stars. Hell yeah. Hell Love duality. Yeah. And then we get maybe the hardest fucking cover of this entire volume. I mean, it's kind of an amazing cover. Good lord. This this cover just it drives so hard. Oliver so good. is dealing with the idea of fear. And we do get this great page of showing all the different types of fear there are and how many mm -hmm. different fears there are in our society. We live in a society. Live in a society. There's a lot of fear. One of these things uh, the artist draws really well. Strange. And so we see uh, two of these things I would even go as far uh, as that. Yeah, two of these things. Uh, the artist so, draws really well. So we see um, somewhere in Nevada, Oliver is combating uh, who are going full Fury Road. Yeah. For no reason. And I kind of love it. Yeah. But he is on his motorcycle. He is taking out these people. And once he's done, causes an explosion. And he heads to Area 51. <laughs> I love that he heads to Area 51 to meet him. That's so funny. It's such an Oliver Queen joke because it's so cheesy. <laughs> well, he's got to go there because he's got to meet a little green man. Exactly. <laughs> it's so cheesy. And that little green man happens to be Hal Jordan. We have been waiting for this team up. Yeah. Because they never crossed paths in New 52. Nope. Uh very 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 quickly because there's that one issue of justice league where oliver keeps trying to be like in the justice league and they're both and then they all like kid brother Fuck, you're right i think it's like issue eight you're right you're right but again in this in this you know new timeline hard traveling heroes didn't happen up until Unless. this specific Arc. Because it's Rebirth, baby, and now they've got a little bit of the juice from the past in it. So, But yeah, what makes this a little happened. frustrating for me is now that this happened, and it retroactively makes all the flashback sequences for Roy last volume not canon. Because if Hard Traveling Heroes happened, that happened very differently. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Or Maybe Hard it's... Traveling Heroes in the Rebirth continuity happened after he got rid of Roy. But then the, I don't want to say the most important story, but the most famous story. But the most famous Heroes story, yes. Then just didn't happen. No. Which feels weird. Which is why it went worse. Right. Because Hal wasn't there. Cold. So I, th I think it works. That's I don't fair. like it, but I think it works. Um, I do love how Hal looks here. Oh my god. Yeah, it's best how. Best how. Like he looks fantastic. And I do yeah. love how he goes, You look different. He's like, it's been a long time. Does he dye your hair or something? Referencing the fact that nice. Al is an old man. Nice. Um, so the two of them reunite for the first time in a good long while. For the first time in forever. And I thought they were gonna kiss. I, got I really thought they excited. were gonna kiss too. They got real close. Uh, mm -hmm. But we see that they have to go up into orbit because there is a satellite that the Ninth Circle has co-opted from Queen Industries. And Hal makes him a little space suit that still looks like his costume. I love it. I, I love, love it. it. And he's like, you're going to make me a little rocket ship? And he's like, even better. And he gives him a truck. The fucking truck. The truck. I fucking... Oh, it's so good. 
and this truck flies. So they fly up into mm-hmm. orbit, and then they realize, oh shit, there's a lot of satellites in orbit. Yep. This is going to take a minute. I do appreciate that, you know, Hal specifically says, like, thousands of man-made satellites circle the Earth, and they're lost among over 500,000 pieces of debris that are also caught in orbit. Because all how many at... fucking ships have been to Earth in D.C. Straight and up. have been blown up in space or whatever? It's a mess. And there's this great shot of the planet where it has, like, six rings. Yeah. Around it. <laughs> this, like, this is going to be harder than I thought, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, beneath Star City, we see that Operation Rescue Wendy Pool and Fuck Everybody Else is in full swing. As Dinah and Emiko are pulling a Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and rescuing some children. However, all is not as it seems. They have been brought into a trap mm-hmm. where they are confronted by the auctioneer who has Wendy in chains. And the auctioneer is surrounded by the underground men. And again, this is going to be a little bit more complicated than they thought. Yep. Back out in space. I love how they say beneath Star City and above Star City. Yeah, I do love that. Incredible. That's great. Yeah. Um, they Good realize, touch. oh, like every satellite, if they're supposed to be feeding information directly, has to have an anchor point. And so if everything's feeding into the ninth circle in Star City, it has to be directly above Star City. And they find the Queen Industry satellite that is connected. So Oliver uses, and this is so fucking video game, Oliver uses his ring to triangulate where the signal is going, but they see that it bounces around everywhere. Mm-hmm. So they follow all of the proxy uh, destinations until it takes them to the other side of the moon, and we get, again, a fucking sick design for a villain base. I will say, this guy can design a villain base real he well. Can design a villain base. Can't say Makes it wouldn't it. have been better by Ferreira, but Makes it looks terrifying. Yeah, it looks terrifying. And so they make their way inside. Uh, Ollie and Hal are ready to throw down. However, Hal just wants to burst straight in. Ollie wants to be a little bit more careful, but immediately they are uh, found out by the surveillance. Mm -hmm. Hal's like, fuck it. He busts open the door, but look who's waiting for them. It's Heatwave. And Heatwave immediately has the, he's got this battle armor and he's like, the war machine suit. Yeah, he does have a war machine suit. (laughs) It's got the shoulder cannons and everything. It's got the shoulder cannons and everything. It's just that the hands are also guns. (laughs) this is the uh the fucking uh punisher war machine suit yeah <laughs> where his guns shoot out guns his guns shoot guns that shoot other guns um <laughs> he immediately lays into hal with rockets that send hal hurtling out of the st- the space station which means that oliver's spacesuit is now null and void it cracks open as he is attacked. Hal is left for dead in orbit, and we come to chapter 31. Mm-hmm. 
200 miles above star city uh oliver is getting fucking wrecked yeah also there is a shit ton of shrapnel and debris just little drones and shit going after him it's scary. we have we have to mention the title of this uh this here chapter rogue? i think it's very interesting because you know who's huh. a rogue Heat wave as heat wave oh continues to. I'm telling you, it's heat wave. Um, he is getting well, ready to kill Well, this is where we find out that it's specifically not heat wave, though. Maybe, maybe this not. is the Who issue knows? where we learn that character's like origin, and so we learn so that we this see... is not heat wave. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Maybe he was swapped out, like in Hush with Clayface. Mm, okay, to say. Um, Oliver is able to use the 150 pound draw weight of his bow, which is specifically not a compound bow, to launch Uh himself at Heatwave, to them being able to get inside the space station, shut off the opening so that they can fight mano e mano. And the two of them begin some fisticuffs. Hell yeah. Uh, We see Oliver gets his ass kicked like he does meanwhile 200 feet beneath star city we see the underground men are collected to stop dinah and emiko from rescuing wendy the auctioneer who i think has grown seven feet in height i don't yeah, remember, remember him being he was this a tall guy just a little guy now he's he just a, a big guy Hero Haley type and now he's i don't know fucking dwayne the rock johnson fucking victor Wembanyama over here He's like basketball. So we see Dinah gives this incredible monologue. She says, I spent my whole childhood running away from people like you. You're like everyone who hurt me smashed into one ugly face. I've got a cigarette burn on my shoulder from when I was five. I broke my arm twice before I was seven. I've been beaten with belts and I've got a dent in my skull just above my hairline from a ball peen hammer. You know what happens when I think about all that? I don't get I don't get sad and I don't feel like a victim. I just get real angry. And she says, "You know what happens when a toad is struck by lightning?" <laughs> Same thing that happens to everything else. You're toxic. And she lets out that canary cry and wastes everybody. It is amazing. I mean, you're uh, not wrong, but you're toxic for it. I know it. <laughs> Ollie's getting the shit kicked out of him by Heatwave. Um, I fucking love this. We do get the backstory for Heatwave here. Which is interesting. Which is interesting. It is very fat interesting. Cat. He's a fat cat. Literally everything that Oliver fights against. Mm-hmm. And so he's about to kill Oliver just as Oliver sees on the screens, the many screens, the Ozymandias-like screens, that the auctioneer is about to kill Dinah, and Oliver takes an arrowhead out of his neck, and he says, the broadhead I found between Gotham matches a broadhead I found beneath Star City. They were displayed as part of ceremonial tombs, ancient arsenals. I stole it for myself, not because I I understood its importance, but because I recognized it as a battery of power. He shoves it into the Hard. connector collar of 
uh, of Heat Wave, and Heat Wave fucking explodes. Bro, it's so sick, dude. It's cool as fuck. And then we get this incredible page of everyone answering the call. Yeah. Everyone's seen the explosion. Uh, I will say, I don't like that the S is textured on Superman's chest. I don't like it either. It's dumb. I don't like it. That's such a movie thing, and I don't like it. It's dumb. Very specifically. But everybody sees the explosion or hears about the explosion. I love that Batman and Barry very specifically see the explosion. Yeah. Dinah hears about the explosion. We don't and need Clark... to see Clark seeing it. Nope. Because of course he sees it. Because of course he does. Yeah. And so everybody races off. Hal wakes up in orbit and he's like, oh, fuck. So he flies into the debris of the now crashing satellite. Finds Oliver, who is fucked. Mm -hmm. And Hal realizes, oh, shit. I don't have any power left in my ring. He says, we're done. We're going to burn up in the atmosphere. And Oliver says, that's what you get for partnering up with me, dumbass. Love it. Love it. And the two of them just start to laugh. And it's just an it's just guys being dudes being bros. It God, I love them. I love them so much. And Hal is kind of accepting that their fate, but Oliver he says, Listen, Hal, you always said the ring makes thoughts a reality. That it's fueled by willpower, by the richest power in the universe. I don't have a dollar to my name, but if I'm wealthy in anything, it's will. And so are you. And he, he grabs Oliver's wrist. Yes. And the two of them use their willpower together to spark the ring. I love that so much. Because that's also a great tie to Green Lantern Rebirth. Yes. Where Ollie uses the ring and it fucking exhausts the shit out of him to make mm -hmm. one arrow. Yes. <laughs> Which you know fucking rocks <laughs> and it's like he learned from that it's so good the, dude the two of them together put their will together because they are truly the brave and the bold and I meanwhile the rest of the justice league is catching falling debris however the biggest piece is going to crash yep um crash into the uh, desert in Nevada. Nevada. It crashes down, but they were able to make a barrier to soften the fall, at least for them, and they survived. We then get this great sequence where Superman jokingly is like, anyone know if the Suicide Squad is accepting applications? Batman says, I've got something better in mind. We need to take care of our own. And I and love that that caption is on this page. Yes. As we see that Dinah and Emiko saved Wendy after a year yeah. of captivity, she's being brought home. God, it's so fucking cool. It's cool. Uh, we see in the Justice League Watchtower above the moon, <laughs> Oliver's essentially gifted a seat at the table for the justice league it's offered to him he's got a chair and everything and he says no this is fucking wild to me 
it's incredible. Like no, the, I, the, the, this is I, right I up. Make it make sense. This is right up there with the you know one of the best moments in Spider-Man: Homecoming, where he's like, "Yeah, I can't join the Avengers. Like, yeah, I'm y'all are too guy. busy saving the world. <laughs> I'm just a little guy, yeah. and somebody has to look out for the little guys." And all he feels the same way. Mm-hmm. But he does essentially the Batman role in JLU where he's a reserve member. He's cool. like, we'll help each other out, but I can't be part of a team. I've never been good at it. And that's not going to change. But he says, I'll be there when you need me. And Batman says, hey, buddy, I fucking need you. Yeah. Yeah. I need you to go to Gotham and I need you to do something for me. And we see a little flash of a story to come. So here's the thing. This isn't, this issue is not in the next volume. Cause as soon as I read this, I was like, Oh fuck, that's not going to be in the next volume. Is it? It is not. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so, so give us the breakdown for what, for what they're referencing here. Uh, issue. So, so this is thirty-one, right? Uh, this is thirty-one, correct? Issue thirty-two of Green Arrow is a tie-in to Dark Knight's Metal. Um, which is a bunch of bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. That's all you need to know about Dark Knight's Metal. It's just a bunch of bullshit. Uh, but that's what this is leading to. Batman's talking about like, oh, there's something coming, and I need you to go to Gotham and make sure that everything's okay because it's coming to Gotham, and you know that's that's what that is. Uh, it's a like... crossover with Teen Titans and Suicide Squad and something else, I think. Yeah, yeah. And Green Arrow's just like, I love this. If there's one thing Green Arrow knows, it's how to handle teenage sidekicks. And it's literally the panel of him like strangling Damien. <laughs> Just doing the Bart, funny. Bart and Homer Simpson. Like, yeah, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. And that is how the volume ends with a promise that big shit's coming. Mm-hmm. What a volume. What a volume. What a volume. Uh, final thoughts, Malcolm. And what was your favorite part with this? So. I think I've said it before. My favorite uh, Batman animated series is the Batman. Uh, I think that the Batman rules. And one of the best things about the Batman is that season five is the team up season. Yeah. Where he teams up every episode, Batman and Robin team up with a different superhero. Uh, That's what this volume is. (laughs) Yeah. And it's awesome. 100%. (laughs) It's fucking awesome. It rules. This volume rules. It's so good. It's so fun. Everyone now accepts Green Arrow as a hero. He's he's made a name for himself. It's awesome. It's so good. Ah, uh, yeah. Best it's, part it's of the incredible. volume is all of it because it all fucking rules. Ah, <laughs> I I do want to shout out the alternate cover for twenty seven. For twenty seven, the Assad Rivik. I was gonna do that too. Incredible. Can we have more of Asad Ribic doing DC characters, please? Can can we have Asad Ribic draw a Green Arrow book? Because him doing the <gasps> facial expression <laughs> would be so good. <laughs> Every time Ollie gets surprised by something, he's like, 
would rock. If you don't know what we're talking about, go back and check out the Days of Thunder that we did last year. One of my okay, favorite things we've ever done. Every time. Every but, time. But especially the moment when Thor gets served the papers. <laughs> no one draws a shocked face like Asad Rivik. And we know no. this because even Jason Aaron knew exactly what we were talking he knew about. Exactly what we were talking about. He's like, oh yeah, no, he does the best facial expressions in the business. Incredible. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. Like this volume rules. It's so freaking good. Watching him now become part of a bigger universe. It's <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> what a fucking scene that was. But like, <laughs> I loved getting to have him feel like a big time hero. Yeah, because he's teaming up with the big time heroes. Yeah. Um, this feels a lot like when Spider Man like in the spider-man books it started to reflect that like he's an avenger yeah and see you get to see like how everyone like reacts to him being there's specifically a story arc in jms's run which is like the new avenger story arc which is like spider-man teaming it's before civil war and it's spider-man teaming up with like cap and then he teams up with iron man and it's like you know it's supposed to be like oh like oh this is before civil war before everything goes to shit but it feels a lot like that where it's like wow this guy's really big time yeah that fucking rocks like this is his debut. He's finally getting respect, you know, like and playing with the big boys everyone, now. Everyone respects him and like actually has a take on him and is like, no, like he's he's a good guy. He's doing it right. He might be the future of us. It, it's like that. It's awesome. Yep. Totally agree. God, I love it. It's a great volume. I still think last week's is the best volume of the run. I agree absolutely, just because of everything that's accomplished in that volume. Well, this is a real close fucking second. Real close second. And that Superman story is one of my favorite Superman stories of the last 10 years. In a single issue. Again, that's the nice thing. Each of these are like single issue ones, except for the last two. Except for Hal, yeah. Go together, which makes sense because it's Hal. It's so fucking good. Each of those is a single issue. And that fucking rocks. It's so good, dude. Um, but yeah, that wraps up volume five. Before we start talking about volume six, we've got some emails to read, which means, uh, Malcolm, what time is it? Fucking unsettling. Uh, if you'd like to be part of the Geeksplain book club mailbag, send your emails to geeksplain at gmail.com. Put something with quiver in the subject header. Anything you want, as long as it includes quiver. Yeah. And we will read it here on the Friday show. We did have to cut off a little early just because we're recording this early because it's Thanksgiving, y'all. Sawi. But this will be this will, fuck. Uh, but this will be our, <laughs> I guess, Black Friday special episode. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we did have to cut off early. Apologize for anyone who gets their emails in late, but our first email comes from Quiver on the Road mailbag, Ben C. Delacruz. Ooh, like that. I love it. Uh, who writes, hello, hard-traveling heroes. First off, I'd like to offer a retraction to my favorite trick arrow pick from last week. My new pick is that apparently Roy once stole a Phantom Zone crystal, put it on arrow, gave it to Mia, and then Mia shot it at Superboy Prime. So Phantom Zone arrow is my new pick. Uh, yeah. yeah that, that goes hard as fuck. That was a thing. 
Uh, anyways, hope you're all doing great and that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, for my obscure Elseworld recommendation, I got a two-for-one deal for you guys with Batman Two Faces and the Superman Monster, which are two one-shots that merge the world's finest with classic literature. The first tells a Jekyll and Hyde story in Gotham involving Two-Face, and the other puts Lex Luthor in the Victor Frankenstein role with Kal-El as the creature, with the framing device of Jim Gordon and Perry White narrating both stories to each other respectively. Wow. That's Uh, fun. Side note, between Superman Monster, Amalgam Comics Super Soldier, Elseworlds Finest Supergirl and Batgirl, and Gene Loon Yang's excellent Archive of World Story for the short-lived Infinite Frontier Batman and Superman series, which I'd strongly also recommend. Great series. Yeah. Uh, there are four AUs where Kal-El dies in the rocket, which kind of freaks me out. If I had a nickel <laughs> for every time that happened, I guess I'd be able to buy a candy bar. That cartoon reference was for me specifically. That was good. For my question, in honor of Invincible Season 2 being absolutely peak, who's your favorite Superman analog slash parody? For me, I've always been partial to the Samaritan from Astro City, who's basically a workaholic Superman with the original Man from the Future sent to the past origin Siegel and Schuster proposed. But I've also had a fondness for Sentry for his compelling story of addiction and the top-tier marketing of his debut series. And if you haven't read it before, track down the Age of Sentry miniseries if you can, which is basically Sentry doing Silver Age Superman stuff prior to his erasure with a bit of an overarching narrative. One of the few villains introduced in the series is Ursus the Ultra Bear, which is one of the most Silver Age things I've ever seen in a more modern comic. Sorry if this ran a bit long. I hope you all have a great week and excellent holiday season. Best wishes, Ben. Great pick, Ben. Great pick. I actually love me some Samaritan. That is a great, great choice. Uh, I love the century. Excellent. Uh, (laughs) Weirdly enough, I love the century. I think that character gets a really bad rap. I think the initial idea for him was a lot stronger than what they've done for him since. But... He's still a good character. When he pops up, it still feels like an event. When he popped yeah. up in the fucking Donny Cates Doctor Strange, I was like, this is hype as fuck. It's incredible. Yeah, remember that. Fuck. Remember that shit? Wonderful. Especially because he was the first person to use him literally like since he died in New Avengers. And he was also <laughs> the last person to use him because he ripped him in fucking half during yeah. King in Black. Well, you know. That's you what know. he does. Uh, but do you have does. a favorite Superman analog? Um... Uh, it's tough. It is tough because a lot of them go bad. It's so true. Uh, it is so true. That's that's the thing. I it's hard to think of one that is truly a Superman analog and stays to be a good guy. Uh, because a lot of them are used as antagonistic foils so that you can have a Superman goes bad story, which I think there's a couple of times that works really well. Um, you know, uh 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 irredeemable being one of those examples yes uh, omni man being one of those examples mm-hmm. um being the best example because there's a superman who maybe it's omni man yeah it's it's tough omni man is definitely up there um i personally i love hyperion specifically hickman hyperion i mean yes yes actually that's the answer that's hickman the answer. hyperion right. is my go-to yes um but one that needs to be talked about more that I don't think it's talked about enough. And maybe it's just because the power set is slightly different. Blue Marvel. I I literally thought about Blue Marvel, but I was like, ah, oh, but the power set is so different that the I The power don't set is see so the, different, but I don't see the comparison. I I love them. And I mean maybe this is cheating, but I do love me some Shazam as well. That's I know fair. they're now part hey, of the same universe. I, but I it thought wasn't about always saying that Lex Luthor, so I get it. Oh shit. <laughs> 
But yeah, I would say Hickman Hyperion is yeah. incredible. I miss him so much. Same. I truly miss Hickman Hyperion. Uh, next email what comes from Jacob Goodhart, who writes, Jacob. Dear Geek Explained Podcast, uh, Happy Thanksgiving, guys, and Happy Black Friday as well, I suppose. I decided to treat myself by getting the complete collections of Robert Kirkman's Outcast and Joshua Williamson's Birthright. I had to yeah. reorganize my bookshelf of comics to make room, but I'm not going to lie. I don't think I'm going to be reading the original Spider-Verse event for any reason anytime soon. But enough about indie books. Instead, let's talk about the best part of this run by far, the hard-traveling hero. Ollie goes on a tour of the DC Universe in this volume and gets to team up with every member of the Justice League, and every single one is a banger. Eric, I totally understand what you meant last volume with what happens in the Space Needle. I forgot that happened, and when I read that page, I just froze for a minute to process things and went, can, can they do that? <laughs> like, same. That was how I felt. Um, literally same. It was weirdly sobering, really in the same vein as what happened to Las Vegas and Invincible. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, I almost wish it happened more, but if it did, then I think it would lose its value. 100%. Yes. It feels like a choice to start it off with Flash, considering the CW, the CW shows at the time. I mean, Barry and Ollie, to my knowledge, don't have much of anything in common. In fact, Barry is just kind of a dick to him for no reason. But then again, that's kind of par for the course with Barry, considering how he would act in the Rebirth run. The second part with Jamal Campbell on art when Ollie gets to team up with Diana is easily the standout art of this volume to me. It also kind of has one of my favorite superhero tropes where a street level or just plain low level hero is met by someone who is much more powerful and just revered by everyone else. It's like the Avengers coming to Spider-Man's turf and acting all high and mighty only for Spidey to show them up, which we don't get enough of, but here it's much more sweet. And then, and then, we get to what I predict will be Eric's favorite issue of this entire run with Superman teaming up with Green Arrow. And look, I love Ben Percy's Wolverine. Let him write that for his longest slot wrote Spider-Man. But good God, this man needs to write Superman a Superman run at least once. Yep. And I'm with you there. I agree. After, after we get more boring Green Arrow Batman, after that we get the more boring Green Arrow Batman, I read that wrong, <laughs> team up with Ollie in an issue that I think is a highlight of both characters, which is very refreshing since a lot of people call them the same character. And finally, we come to the last team up that it could only be the Rubicon of the OG hard, hard traveling heroes with Green Arrow and Green Lantern. I'll admit I'm not a big Green Lantern fan. Not that I don't like the concept. I just never really found them to be interesting. I mean, each ring does the same thing, only with a different color palette. I know that's really just splitting hairs, but I like Hal in this issue. Mm -hmm. I also really like the ending with Ollie turning down the offer to join the League. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Not the biggest fan of superhero teams, mainly because it's kind of hard to relate to a team who's often space-saving the world instead of the lone street-level hero doing his best to keep everything together. I do wish Ollie worded things a little better, like maybe he could take a page out of Spidey's book and be a reserve member but i think it fits the thesis of this book ollie used to be the man when he had his company his wealth and his fame and joining the league might seem like him trying to recapture that when losing all that might have been what's best for him that's how i interpret it at least aside from green arrow this week we finally got the mid-season finale of invincible this week this is pretty much what i expected to happen and i cannot wait to see people lose their fucking minds it's funny wait, what that was the mid-season finale dude the second season's only like eight episodes what the fuck? So yeah, there isn't is one this week? I don't know. Because I thought it was I thought it was gonna air for like a few episodes and then be gone for a bit and then come back with the rest of it. I have no idea. So that I'll means that there's not an episode this week. Oh fuck. I have genuinely I haven't even watched this most recent episode, so I don't oh, know. Oh really? Okay. I oh, really don't know. Shit. I hope nothing is said here that I mean It doesn't yeah, look like He's saying anything. Book, like... um, <laughs> I mean, I've read the book. I know it's going to happen. But yeah. 
Um, he says, Fun- funny enough, I just finished this arc in uh, in MHA, an Invincible crossover fanfic I've been writing since season one ended. Weird how that worked out, but hey, more views for me. We also got our first look at Ultimate Spider-Man's new family, Richard and May Parker being his kids. Is that what they're named? Richard and May Parker? Is that is that official? I did not know that. Okay. Interesting. Cute. Being his kids' names are sweet, and MJ, as Malcolm would say, God damn. I was <laughs> for big curly Electra hair, but she looks great like this. I agree. Yeah. I'm going to pick up that cover. Yeah. You know, for the art. For the art. Uh, I really hope Hickman tells us how they got together somehow, because while him being Spider-Man didn't exactly help their relationship in 616, it ultimately was a big part of what made them so similar to each other. Read Parallel Lives by Jerry Conway and uh, Ramita Sr. for more on that. Great book. Uh, also, apparently, uh-huh. the Green Goblin in this universe is a new hero. I'm really hyped to read this series, but I'm wondering how Hickman will handle it. He's so used to large-scale stuff, I'm a little concerned he might struggle with small-scale things. For my question this week, it's no secret I'm a little biased towards Superior Spider-Man. I know you guys love him, and I can't deny there's appeal, but every time I read it, I just get more ticked off at what Otto does than anything else. And I think I might know why. I think I'm too close to Peter. Because when I saw fan art of Superior Ben 10, where Dr. Amino does what Otto did and transfers his mind into Ben's and uses his knowledge of <laughs> genetics to make Superior improvements of all the aliens ben has what the fuck is that real um Uh, that would be awesome (laughs) holy shit uh my first thought was that looked was that it looked dope as hell so maybe if i try and just separate myself from pete a little i'll enjoy the story but do you guys have the same issue are there characters that you find yourself so beholden to that doing a drastic change to them might imit might irritate you has it happened before happy thanksgiving jacob goodhart um you know i I'm going to be honest with you, Jacob. It doesn't seem like you're vibing with the story, and that's okay. It is okay okay to not like stories that other people like. I, myself, do not like certain stories that people absolutely adore, and that's okay. Um, That being said, uh, I mean, there are absolutely stories that I don't like that other people do. And a big drastic change that a certain writer that we've covered on this book club made to a character that is near and dear to my heart that I will never be on board with for as long as I live. Um, The whole outing of Superman's identity has never sat right with me. That's been a big change that I will argue against until the cows come home. But I accept that people, namely someone else on this book club, really enjoys that story. And that's fine. It's me. We're just gonna we're just gonna have to disagree, and that's okay. okay. Um, we disagree on several things, yeah. but I, you know, that is definitely one that I was like I was not on board with, and I was glad that they uh, that they, in my mind, corrected it. Malcolm, what about you? Um, there are to to, to your point, Jacob, about characters that you feel too attached to um there are absolutely characters i feel too attached to uh miles morales being one of them uh where if specifically a a way that miles is portrayed uh being one of them uh which is why no one writing miles has really jived with me since like bendis's run um uh, uh everything else feels wrong and to put upon for me and i just don't like it um <laughs> uh, uh 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 listen man i mean like eric said if you don't like the story that's okay man that's okay i wish you did uh but that's okay that you don't you know it's totally fine dude 
uh, you know, there's definitely stories that I hate <laughs> that other people like. Definitely stories that I hate that other people like. <laughs> so, you know, it's all right. We move on. It's okay. It's okay. Um, higher further it, faster, baby. Let's go. Higher further faster. Let's do this. Uh, P.S. He writes, I get why living in the DC universe sounds appealing, but keep in mind, chances are if you die in a crisis, you may not come back unless you're important enough. But then again, in Marvel, there's always the chance some purple douchebag might snap you out of existence to impress his girl. Wait, That's is the fine. Invincible universe better or worse than that? Worse. Worse. Invincible is worse. That is so far down the list and worlds I would want to live in. Yeah, would not no, be thank happy you. with that. Okay, so you um, said that you're not current. You didn't watch the most recent one. I didn't watch you the watched most recent before? one. Um, that was episode two, right? Three? Okay, so no. <laughs> so I'm, Okay. I guess I'm backed up on two episodes. I'm glad you said that because I was just about to spoil something. Okay, cool. Thanks when you watch that, that, we'll have to discuss it. Yes. Because there's stuff. That's that gonna. That's what it is. That's my triple feature for today. That's my triple <laughs> feature for today, gang. So we're doing. What was it? Daredevil, Daredevil the director's, the director's cut. cut. Uh, 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 oh shit. The menu. The menu. And then, and then two, two episodes, episodes of Invincible. Invincible. <laughs> triple feature. That's what I'm doing. That's how I'm spending my Thanksgiving. Wild triple feature. Wild. <laughs> Wild choice. Um, our next email comes from Adam Stringfellow, who says, Quiver up, bitches. Quiver I love up. that. I love it. Quiver that up. the menu really nicely. It does. Uh, what up, what up, Green Arrow and Arsenal? Hope y'all are doing well, and happy Thanksgiving. Hope y'all will have fun with family and friends. This year I'm staying local due to funds, and it's impossible to find a sitter for my pets this time of year. But I did get invited to a Thanksgiving dinner from a few folks at another squadron, so that's not too bad. Nice. Great. I'm glad. Cool, man. Hell yeah. And of course, I'll also be throwing some turkey wings in the crock pot for myself as well. Definitely. Hell yeah. Um, I'm going to be working. By the time you are listening to this, I will have worked Thanksgiving. So I will be exhausted. I will also be working. Hey, look at us go. Hard traveling heroes, huh? Hard traveling <laughs> heroes is right. Look at us. Uh, for my question this week, I wanted to ask the two of y'all this. What relationships, either romantic, platonic, or familial, do you think are portrayed better in movies, games, or TV shows than they are in comics? For me, I can think of three relationships that come to mind for me as examples. Peter and Miles in the Insomniac universe. Yes. Yes. Bruce and Dick in Young Justice, interesting. interesting. And Peter and Harry, also in the Insomniac universe. Yeah. I love the brotherly relationship that Peter and Miles have in the games, and it's a relationship I wish that the comics would adapt. It makes sense considering both are only children that both would see the other as a brother. In fact, I'd go as far to say that Peter and MJ view Miles as their semi-adopted son. For Bruce and Dick in Young Justice, it's very clear that Bruce sees Dick as his son right from the start. And it's actually a nice change of pace for Bruce to treat Dick like a son first, and a soldier-slash-partner second. And it's nice that even when Dick was Robin, Bruce saw him as an equal since day one. Finally, there's Peter and Harry from the Insomnia universe as well. This is the first time that I can buy their friendship lasting far beyond high school. And I like the idea of what y'all said last week of maybe there was a romantic thing between them back in the day. Or at the very least, maybe Harry developed feelings for Peter but kept it to himself in fear of rejection or ruining their friendship. That's also a great read. Uh, maybe their friendship mattered way more to Harry than the possibility of a future with Peter, especially when he knew how he felt about MJ. Which makes the events in the game all the more heartbreaking if that were the truth. Woof. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, those are just my thoughts and opinions on this topic, and I'm interested to hear what y'all pick. Take care, team. Happy Thanksgiving. Love you both, and I'll catch y'all next week. All the best and much more. Adam. 
Um, that's an interesting pick for Bruce and Dick and Young Justice. And I didn't that think about that. Um, it is really well done, I will say, in that show. I wish there was more time given to it as the seasons went on. Yeah. But yeah. I wish that Dick had more of a focus as the season went on in general. Yes. I think Absolutely he good. has a good amount of focus on the first season. And then from there on, he's uh, uh, he, he's more background, much like Aqualad. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Uh, those are the two characters I think they did the best with on that show in the first season. And Agreed. I wish that there was more focus on them in general. Yep. Totally agree there. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, so what relationships do you think are better portrayed in media besides the comics? Um... I'll say as just to throw one out because uh, I've seen a lot of scuttlebutt on it recently. Amber and Mark. Yeah. I like their relationship a whole lot more in the show. And granted, again, I'm not caught up. I'm behind on two episodes, but just from the first season alone, it's a lot better in the show. A lot because, you better. Know, Amber's a character. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> weirdly <laughs> enough, Amber's a character now. Yeah. Um, weird. This one's gonna be a little difficult for everyone to hear. Ooh. It's kind of a hot take. I'm ready. Steve and Tony. Oh, interesting. You think it's better in the MCU? I think it's a little better in the MCU because there's less time baggage there. Fascinating. There's less of them going back and forth on this. Yeah. You know, back and forth being allies and enemies and allies and enemies and allies and enemies. It's a lot less messy. Yeah. So I think that just has the benefit of time. And also, uh, I mean, Tony Stark is just, I think, for the most part, more interesting and engaging in the MCU than he is in the comics. Whoop. There it is. (laughs) So I'm a little I'm a little more inclined to be on his side. I mean, Listen, I've said it before. Civil War is like my favorite MCU movie because they're both actually pretty right. In fact, uh, Iron Man's more right than than Cap is. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of a bold choice for a Captain America movie. Uh, but you know what, yeah, to that I point, think... to that point, I think the relationship between Tony and Steve is better in Earth's Mightiest Heroes than it is in the comics. I love I their relationship agree. in that cartoon. I would absolutely agree. Yes. I think it's so good. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, I would also throw out I know people are going to break me over the coals for this. Um, Peter and Gwen in the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Oh, 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 okay. In Spectacular, um, I think, is interesting, too. But yeah. there's there's that argument, you know, ah, oh, Gwen Stacy's not a real character. And for those people, you have the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Because, yeah. I mean, the electricity between Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield, because of who they are, is palpable. It's so good that they cut out a really fantastic actress from the second one who is going to be a third component of that. Yep. And I Justice am still... Justice for Woodley. I hope she continues to do things. I hope she's something, somewhere. Justice does. for Cheyenne Woodley, because she was a perfectly cast Shailene. Is it? I think it's All Shailene I know is we have the same birthday, so I love her. Hey! That's she, all I know. And the way that they were portraying her, at least in the set photos, definitely ultimate MJ. And I kind yes. of... I kind of dig that a lot. Yes. God damn it. I just want to see those scenes so bad. And they're nowhere. <laughs> they're nowhere. 
Um, I would I would also venture to say, and maybe this is just nostalgia talking, um, the Teen Titans. All of them yeah. together in that cartoon, I liked a lot more than the Teen Titans in the comics. In their yeah. original comic stuff. I'll tell you what, I buy Dick and Starfire a lot more in the cartoon than I do in comics. Totally agree. Totally agree. I think that relationship is a lot better in a cartoon than it is in the comics. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I am one hundred percent with you there. Um, um man, there's gotta be a few, honestly. Yeah. Uh, uh so you, want, you want to talk about one that I like and th- I don't know if I would consider this better. I just fucking love it. Um, Electra and Matt Murdock in the Netflix series. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I Hot. I mean, listen, that Netflix series is the first time I actually got Electra. I never mm. liked that character. I always thought she was just messy and confusing. And then Which she Melody is. Young's portrayal is the first time I got that character. I was like, holy fuck. She's the fun one. She's the cool girl. Like that's a great choice. All right. Uh hot take. Scott and Jean in X-Men Evolution. Oh, okay. I'm like, okay. If you even you just say the movies? Fuck off. Yeah. No. X-Men no. Evolution one hundred percent. I think that's X-Men Evolution is secretly is... a Scott it... Summers show. And I Yes. Love it so <laughs> yes. <much>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that, yeah, I that's think the a two great of them are poll. way better in that than they are in the comics. Great have ever poll. been in the comics? Yeah, I fuck. That's so good. That's a great fucking poll. In fact, I think Scott and Jean together right now feel more like older version of Scott and Jean from X Men Evolution. Yes, and that is why I like them so much. And that's why the Krakoa era works. <laughs> that's why the Krakoa era works. <laughs> ah, it's so good. It is so fucking good. Oh, shit. I don't know. I mean, there, there's got to be a bunch. I just can't think of. Any. Uh, you know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? Uh, mm. Clinton mm. Kate works better in the MCU. Really? Because you think so? they worked. I think they work together more in the MCU than they do in comics. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really okay. share a lot All of time right. together. Except for like West Coast Avengers. But even then, it doesn't really feel like they're working together. You know what I mean? That's fair. <laughs> that's fair i get it so there's that uh i don't know i'm trying to think if there's any others no that's all i got yeah i uh, fuck yeah scott and gene in scott and gene. evolution is a yeah. great pull i looked over at my wall and saw the the uh figures from the kukoa era and i was like oh it's them it's yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those yeah. are the two, for sure. Yeah, you're you are right on the money there. I, but the biggest I one we talked agree. about it last week is the Miles and Peter from the Insomniac yeah. games. Yeah, it's just night and day how much better it is in the game than it is. Yeah, and it ever has been in the comics. Than ever has been and ever probably will be. We'll see. Hey, that spectacular Spider Man coming up in March. Uh, we'll find Marvel's out. Gonna try and chase that dragon real hard, but they're gonna chase that dragon. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, fuck. Um, which brings us to oh, because this is a string fellow joint, he's got a PS. Yes. 
Uh, Headcanon of the week. Every Friday night after patrol, Peter, Miles, MJ, and Genki cook or order food, play D&D together at Peter and MJ's, and they even manage to get Daredevil, Wolverine, and the Human Torch involved in their game as well. I think that is a great insomniac headcanon. I was just about to say, you're right. That does happen in the insomniac verse. <laughs> yeah, that 100% happens. You're and Daredevil right. keeps picking Human Fighter. Or no, Wolverine keeps picking Human Fighter because he doesn't want to bother with it. Even though Wolverine. everyone tells him, you would love playing a barbarian. He's like, I, I, I don't want to put time like, no, on this. I don't want to. Human Fighter. Want... <laughs> Human Fighter. Was, was the most basic thing I could pick. It's fun because Wolverine keeps showing up even though they don't invite him. <laughs> even though they keep changing the time and changing the location. He, keeps he always up. shows up exactly when everybody else he is He always shows up right before they're about to play. They're like, okay, let's sit down. Everyone grab your character sheets. Let's go. And there's a ring at the doorbell and his Wolverine with a six pack. <laughs> and everyone always brings potluck food and he always just brings a six pack. That and he, he drinks. always brings a six pack and there's only three cans on the pack left. And He's he drinks all three ring. of those cans. <laughs> and it's just he, for him. He brought the beers for him. Yeah, every time. I need to see that skit immediately. <laughs> Our final email this week telling us, quiver me this, book club. Ooh. Uh, comes from good brother, friend of the podcast, and forever the uh, Skywalker for me, Jesse Pickering. Skywalker. Jesse Pick. Uh, who writes, Hey, Emerald Enforcers, last book club, you mentioned Jersey Shore being in Tucson. While I can't say much, they have an episode of them in Tucson airing in February, and you should give it a watch and tell me what you think. Oh! Ooh! Okay, okay, okay. Uh-oh. All Sounds right. like we gotta get our GTL. Sounds like we're gonna be DTF down to fucking watch some Jersey Shore. Oh! I was fist pumping. You couldn't see it because this is an audio. I'm 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 gonna let you I'm gonna let you know something, listeners. I have a goal to get us uh 25 uh reviews before the end of the year. We're three away. Or no, we're four away. We have 21 reviews right now. If we get to 25. We're going to do a watch along for that Jersey Shore episode. Whoa. On the book club. We're going to do it. It'll be an extra. Whoa. We need four four reviews. That's all we need. Four reviews Whoa. by December 31st. Can't Putting out the challenge. That. There you damn. go. We're going to do it. Hot um, damn. Jesse writes also, Sidekicked sounds like a great Elseworlds idea. Yeah, it's oh. such a good idea. We had this that idea last week. Just been thinking about it. When are Marvel and Aunt May? (laughs) When are Marvel and Aunt May's DC Comics going to hire the book club? I'd imagine you all naming yourself that, like into the hive mind. That's a great fucking shout. Ooh, we're the book club. Just the book club. I think that's fucking dope. I like that. That's kind of that's kind of hot. I like that. He writes, "Hope you had a good holiday. Hope to talk to you soon. Love you all. Keep your quips and quivers full." Jesse Pickering. Love you, man. Jesse, dropping it. Hell yeah. The ultimate mic drop for this week. Uh, But that is going to do it for uh, this week's book club. Uh, Next week, we're in the end game now. Volume six, Green Arrow. 
Trial of Two Cities. I Wait, think... isn't that the name of that Garfield movie? No, no, that's Tale of Two Kitties. I'm sorry. That was you, so close. You that was so constantly close. are calling me toxic. <laughs> you, sir, are the toxic. I can't believe you just, how dare I? How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> how dare I? How dare you? Yes. Um, go to sleep, yeah. Aunt May. Please go to sleep. Please go to sleep. <laughs> I can't sleep. The fact that he can fucking quote this and he talks so much shit about these movies. No, it's because Quinn and I do that to each other fucking nightly. <laughs> it's like, go to sleep, Aunt May. Please go to sleep. I can't, I can't sleep. sleep. <laughs> so, this is the finale of the Ben Percy era next week. Notice how I didn't say the end of the Rebirth era for Green Arrow because it continues oh, on. More on that next more. week. But. The synopsis for it goes like this. Oliver Queen may have returned to Star City, but it's not exactly a happy homecoming. His business has been taken over by criminals and he's facing murder charges that he may not be able to beat. And even a hero's welcome from Red Arrow and Black Canary can't change the fact that Oliver Queen is a wanted man, while villains including Merlin, Shadow, Clock King, and more have scores of their own to settle with the Emerald Archer. Plus, Green Arrow's mother, Moira, and his supposed murder victim turn out to both be alive. And Ollie takes his battle with the Ninth Circle to an unexpected place, the depths of the ocean. How will Ollie contend with a mighty cult when he's trapped in their underwater lair? Ooh, I got chills. I got chills. I'm fucking stoked on this. Uh, this is going to be issues 33 through 38. Join us next week. I am so fucking excited about this. Bringing the heat, baby. Yeah, it's it's going to be incredible. I am. Oh, I'm so stoked. So join us next week again. Volume six, Trial of Two Cities, issues 33 through 38. Be there or be square. Not a circle. It is going to be a wild ride. But until then, everybody stay safe. Thank you so much for listening. And for the Geek Explained Book Club, I've been Eric Azana. I once was Malcolm Russell Nelson. And for Jacob Brown, happy Thanksgiving to everyone who celebrates. Happy Black Friday to those of you who are masochists and sadists. Hell yeah. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time. Maso sadist? Maso. Maso sadist? Say. 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 See, his name is John Cena! Ba -ba -da -ba! Ah! Ba -ba -ba